Good morning. It is a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. I'm tired. Just came over here after doing uh, mornings over on uh, 105.7 The Fan with Rita. Appreciate them having us in this morning. A lot of discuss. A lot of conversation to be had. We will talk about John Angelos' comments and what they mean for the Orioles. I do think it's significant was John Angelos had not spoken in a while, and I have feelings about it. I'm kind of all over the place, but we'll get into that a little bit later on in the program. It's a Monday. Jeremy Kahn will join us. We have the thirst trap photo from Ken Zalis that we're going to have to share as he pays off his penance from... His terrible Super Bowl prop betting. Actually, it wasn't even all that bad. It's just that nobody was all that bad with Super Bowl prop betting. So he also lost much like Griffin. And we will post his Tom Brady-style thirst trap photo for 24 hours sometime who's, this who's morning. Who do you think was better now that you've seen both? Well, yours was probably closer to Tom Brady's. Okay. I mean, oh, like, because I look like Tom Brady, right? Okay. Right, yeah. yeah that's yeah. that's right. what it is. Um, We'll do that this morning. Got a we got a new partner on the show that we want to tell you about. Did you? Uh, do I have? No, I do. I do like that. Got a new partner on the show we want to tell you about. So we got a lot going on this morning. Today's show brought to you by the print issue of Press Box, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box. Gunnar Henderson is on the cover as Luke Jackson dives into. The man who has risen to be the number one prospect in baseball just the age of 21, and obviously more significantly than that, is the favorite to be Rookie of the Year in the American League, and significant expectations as he prepares for his first full season in MLB. You can pick that up again right now for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. Uh, Here are my thoughts on the NBA All-Star Game. Over. Here are my thoughts on the Daytona 500. Here are my thoughts on the XFL. Well, XFL is good. No, it's not. It's most definitely not good. A lot of different rules. That great. So those are that's NFL should have done. Here's here's for the sake of takiness. The NBA All Star Game always stinks. Why would you? Why would anybody be worked up about the fact that it stinks? I can't believe anybody. This is the worst NBA All-Star game ever. You'd have no idea. You you couldn't possibly know that. It's the exact same thing every year. Stop. I mean, you're just you're desperate for attention. It's the same thing. Either you're into it or you're not. If you're not, good news, change channel. There's a bunch of different channels. The guy that was on nationally before us this morning on CBS, the guy that uh, I was listening to on my way in on 105.7, I'd apparently spent his entire show just talking about how bad the All-Star game was. Like, dude, I, I, you're never going to believe this. There are other channels. Something else is on. There's 27 streaming services right now. Watch something else. There is no law that says if you like sports, you have to watch all of them. You can watch something else. I don't like the NBA All-Star game. I don't watch it. I'll watch the NBA. I like the NBA. I don't like the NBA All-Star game. I know that Mac McClung was fun because Twitter told me on Saturday night. I sure as F did not spend my Saturday night sitting around watching a dunk contest. You don't have to do it. It's okay. If it ain't for you, it ain't for you. The Daytona 500 is not for me. The golf tournament, the John Rahm one, ain't for me. They're not for me. You know what I like this weekend? College lacrosse. 
Another great win for Loyola. Maryland bounced back against Syracuse. UMBC opened up the season with a win. Lots of good things. Lots of good things. That's what I'm into. I enjoy them. I don't enjoy the NBA All-Star Game. It's fine. It's fine. Not for me. Apparently, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the Daytona 500. So, there's that. Yeah, won a race in like six years. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, our guy, Travis Pastrana, figured it finished, or at least was running in the top ten late. I don't know if he finished in the top ten. I know that I got. I saw that on Twitter that he was running in the top ten late, which is kind of remarkable. Pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. Can't pretend to know. Can't pretend. It seems like it'd be a cool thing. Maybe it's just dumb luck. Maybe it's nothing more than that. What did he finish? 11th. Didn't finish in the top 10. He stinks. He's terrible. Embarrassing. Pathetic. Awful. Should be ashamed of himself. I don't know how we ever let him back in the state. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Anyway, um, I don't have any thoughts on it. The uh, John Rahm won a golf tournament. He seems like he's good at the golf, so he's got that going for him. Tiger Woods wasn't quite as bad at the golf as some people maybe thought he was going to be. Wasn't particularly good at the golf, but he wasn't as bad. There's that. Covered everything. The XFL, they should the fumble rule, fix that in the NFL so that real football can have the right rule, not the fake football. But you could never get me to watch the it's XFL. It's all real football. No, it's not. It is most certainly not. It is definitely not that. But God bless if you're into the XFL, you're into the XFL. I, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me, whatever you're into. Just not going to be my thing. I could spend all morning talking about college lacrosse. I could spend all morning talking about Loyola's defense. I'd love to do that. I don't think you guys would want that. So instead, we'll talk about the two things that really stood out to me this weekend, and we'll get to John Angelos in a bit. The Maryland thing. Um, oh, also, uh, tomorrow is the when the franchise tag window opens, so you know this next couple of weeks are going to be significant in that department as well. The Maryland thing. If you were listening to 105.7 The Fan yesterday, you know that in the final segment of the show, I do we do a segment called Sunday Scaries. For those of us that have dealt with anxiety, we know what the concept of Sunday Scaries are, and I always talk about what gives me my Sunday Scaries each week, and I said very clearly yesterday at 345 on 105.7 The Fan leading into coverage of the Maryland game that what was giving me my Sunday Scaries was Maryland playing at Nebraska yesterday. And that everything we know about Maryland basketball says you follow up this great win with a stink performance on the road. And because of that, it's hard for me to say I'm disappointed. But I get it. It's disappointing. It's disappointing because they didn't really have any business losing that game once they took the lead in the second half. They played like crap in the first half. They survived it. They're not a good first-half team. They've been a second-half team all year long. That's what it is. So, fine. I said that at halftime. I'm like, boy, they, you know, I'm not too worried about it because Maryland's more of a second-half team, but yeesh. It was bare, but terrible. Dante Scott was wretched yesterday. Ian Martinez might have been worse. But yet, there they were, deep in the second half, with a lead, six-point lead late, Final possession of regulation, chance to go win, and it wouldn't. none of this would have mattered. Nothing matters if you just get any kind of win. It doesn't matter if you win in overtime. It doesn't matter if you win at the buzzer. It doesn't matter if you win by six or eight. It just get some sort of win, and none of it matters. Obviously, that didn't happen. Maryland loses. It's not... 
it's not crushing in any way. It likely does not have significant impact. As much as none of us think highly of Nebraska, and Nebraska's not very good, they have been a little bit better of late, and they have been trending in a direction that they were going to be a threat. I mean, they won at Rutgers. They beat Wisconsin at home. Like They've, they've proven that they are somewhere in this just sort of mesh of teams between Purdue and Minnesota. Where between those two things? You know, probably closer to Minnesota than Purdue, but we kind of know that there's the top and the bottom and basically everybody else in the Big Ten. And that's the thing about even Maryland beating Purdue is that they haven't... Every time it looks like someone's separating themselves, just wait a week. You're going to be reminded nobody's separating themselves. That's the Big Ten this year. Nobody's winning on the road. Nobody's all that good other than Purdue, and even that's measured. Nobody's all that bad other than Minnesota. That's what you got. Penn State's okay. Nebraska's okay. I mean, like, they're just not very... The top is only so far and the bottom is only so far other than those two teams. Losing on the road at Nebraska is not the end of the world for Maryland basketball. It's not going to drastically change their resume. It's not going to drastically change their chances of getting into the tournament, which are still extraordinarily good. By the way, for the record, Maryland is still a seven seed. So even after their loss at Nebraska, this is according to Joe Lenardi, and everybody's got different opinions, but Joe Lenardi didn't even think it moved them off a seed line. Not even off a seed line. But it's disappointing because it's a game they could have and really should have won and had no business losing once they got things together in the second half. It's a reminder that they're not very good. And that's the reality. They're fun. They've they've exceeded expectations. They're all of those things. But they're not very good. They're very incomplete. They're they're good in moments. They're good defensively almost all the time. But they're not very good. They're they're just better than we expected them to be. I, 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 they're very good at home. I guess i got to give them credit for that. They are very good at home. There's, You can't take that away from them at this point. They are a very good team playing at home. They've won every game except one. I guess Ohio State's probably closer to Minnesota than I... It's, 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 at the top, it's Purdue. And at the bottom, it's Ohio State and Minnesota. Ohio State, who got pounded by Purdue yesterday. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, six teams in the Big Ten currently with seven losses. It's about as much parity as you could possibly imagine within the Big Ten. Maryland is one of them. Do I know that they're definitively better than any of these other teams? Iowa, Rutgers, Michigan, Illinois, Michigan State? Not at all. Not even a little bit. I don't know that. Now, they would do well to try to avoid playing for as long as they can in the Big Ten tournament. They would do well to try to get a top-four seed, which they're very much in play for. They're two games behind Northwestern, a game behind Indiana. They're currently tied for fourth with Iowa and Rutgers. They would do well to just you know, present a scenario where all you got to do is try to win two games, and suddenly you're in the Big Ten championship game. They would 
be incredibly well served. Do I have confidence in that? I mean, their their schedule is very fair, but of course we felt that way, including their trip to Nebraska, and we saw how that how that went. They are struggling to win on the road. They're a young, they're an inexperienced team. They're a thin team, and they're not extraordinary. This always goes back to the macro-micro conversation that we like to have. In the micro, it's not a big deal. It's just a reminder. It's a reminder of what it is they're up against. They're up against the fact that they are what they are. These things are going to happen. In the macro... As long as it's just this, I mean, if they were to turn around and lose at home to Minnesota, well, then, you know, let's have a conversation. There's a big problem. But as long as it's just this, as long as it's one tough loss on the road against another mediocre team, it's not a big deal. We're not like, you know, we're not good at this. We overreact to everything. They got another big game at home next Sunday. If they beat Northwestern at home next Sunday, they're going to be just fine. And, you know, you like their chances of doing that. They're very good at home. But this is sort of who Maryland is. This is not... Like, I, there's nobody for me to yell about. I mean, like, you want to blame Kevin Willard for it? Blame Kevin Willard for it. I don't know what else he could have done. You can blame Dante Scott like everybody else. You can else. blame Dante Scott. Like, guys have bad games. Yeah. It's what it is. You want to blame Juju Reese for getting into foul trouble early? It's kind of who he is. He gets into foul trouble. He's amongst the leaders in the country and the most fouls picked up. Still had like a double-double by like yes. two minutes into this. And half. I thought Kevin yeah. Willard did a wonderful job of figuring out when to get him back into the game so he could still make an impact despite early foul trouble. I thought that Kevin Willard it was almost master class. How to use a player you need to make an impact when he's in foul trouble and get the most out of it. I thought it was excellent. I don't have a problem with Kevin Willard. This is not, this is a thin team. Ike Cornish was getting minutes yesterday. They were trying desperately to figure out a way to get through this thing. They're up against it. They lost on the road. Stinks. They come back, they win two games at home this week. We're not going to care. We're not going to care. Because, again, we're not judging this as a team. If you thought this was a team that could make a run to the Final Four, you might be alarmed by them losing on the road at Nebraska. But we don't think that. I don't think they're that much better than Nebraska. Honestly. I mean, Nebraska, you could argue, had the two best players on the floor yesterday. To me, Derek Walker was the best player on the floor yesterday. Like, I, Derek Walker, the fact that he can not only be a post presence, but also control the basketball, mm-hmm. handle the ball, that's, that's really impressive, man. I thought Derek Walker was the guy that wowed me the most. And then Tominaga. I mean, I, I, is he, he going to be a first team All Big Tenor? What a, I mean, yeah, <laughs> he might be. I mean, like the, what the a wild, had, yeah. what a wild story that dude is, and you know, knocked down some huge shots, drew some big fouls, and Tommy Nog is a hell of a player, man. 
I mean, Jameer Young's been a hell of a player, too, so there would be an yeah. argument to me which one of those guys is. I think it has to be Jameer Young, but. I, I don't know, dude. I Tommy we'll see what happens in the next two weeks, but. He's a revelation, man. He is. He is. Whew. It's wild. It really is wild watching that dude play. So, they've got a better resume, Maryland does. They're safer in the NCAA tournament than Nebraska is, but I don't think they're drastically better than Nebraska. And, you know, Fred Hoiberg's a hell of a coach. He's in an awkward spot. It's Nebraska. It's hard for anybody to have any amount of success there ever. But he's a damn good coach. When he's got the opportunity to coach a little bit, out of timeouts last night, Nebraska was excellent. Out of timeouts, they were exceptional. The most disappointing part about last night, and there were a lot of disappointing parts, the most disappointing part to me is that they threw the ball away out of a timeout in overtime. That can't ever, ever happen. And take nothing away from Sam Hoiberg, who made a nice play. But for that to happen out of a timeout is dreadful. Nebraska was really good out of timeouts last night. I thought to me, and the media timeouts, in the game, having something to run, ready to go, when you've got the ball to design a play. I thought Nebraska was exceptional. Despite the fact that they're facing a good Maryland defense. I mean, I don't, I don't you know, we're going to talk to Chris Naki about it here in a second. I'm, I, I'm not dismissive of it. I'm not trying to say it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal or it's, I get that. I think it's a bigger story that we can be disappointed by this. Some of it is just the way that we feel about Nebraska ball. Like some of it is just, you can never lose a basketball game to Nebraska. Nebraska doesn't play basketball. Like some of that is, what we're feeling. Their defensive strategy is take charges. Like and it uh, is. Um but I, I don't I don't I just don't uh, it's a bummer. <laughs> it's a bummer. And after everything, after you know, the big win over Purdue, you would just like to see it follow if they had followed it up, they would be they would definitely be ranked this week. But they didn't. They didn't handle their success. Quick turnaround after a big win, going to a place where despite the fact that Nebraska ball, basketball has never mattered, they always have huge crowds because there's nothing else to do in Nebraska. I, really. It's not like here where if the team's bad or if the team's not exceptional, people are going to choose to stay away. There's nothing else for them to do. They go to the games. They support. It's a great atmosphere. It's rabid. So you got to go to a tough place to play after you just knocked off the number three team in the country. You're a team that doesn't have a lot of... It was kind of predictable. You could kind of see it coming. Not even kind of. I completely saw it coming. Disappointing. I'll give you that. Disappointing. All right. Uh, today's show brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Where right now, whatever it is that you want to bet on, we're getting ready for the NCAA tournament. So think about this. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. You sign up with DraftKings. You make a $5 bet. You're getting $200 in free bets. You don't have to use them now. You don't have to use them on an NHL game tonight or an NBA game or anything like that. You can pocket those. You get to the NCAA tournament, you got $200 worth of free bets in order to use. 
So go right now. But I can't guarantee you that that offer is going to last until the NCAA tournament because the offers are constantly changing. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Click on DraftKings. Make one $5 bet. Pocket $200 worth of free bets that you can make now, you can make later, you can make it. You can save until football season if you'd like. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Sign up with DraftKings. Joining us now to talk a little bit more about uh, a tough one for Maryland. They took on the chin after a big win. He is, of course, color analyst for the Maryland Radio Network. Our friend Mr. Chris Naki is back with us now here on GCR. Chris, it's Glenn. It's always good to catch up. Appreciate taking the time. I, the way that I've described it is I I don't think it's, it's you know, significant. I just think it's sort of disappointing. Maryland, it's tough to win on the road in the Big Ten anywhere, and they were coming off a huge win. It was a spot where you could see a letdown happening. It's just a bummer because it seems like it was a game that late in it they had no business losing after they seemed to take control. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. I, I thought they were in great shape, up seven or eight with seven or eight minutes to play. They were also five at the under four-minute timeout, um, media timeout. And so, you know, the serve was definitely on their, their racket, and they had every opportunity. They had a great look at the end of the game that would have won it. They... Uh, uh, they even had their chances in overtime. You know, I mean, it's kind of a deceptive final score. It's a, They're down one, inbounding the ball with 30 seconds to play and uh, with every opportunity to win the game. It's disappointing, but, you know, <clears throat> having been there, you, you sort of – I was very impressed by a couple of things that Nebraska has done. First of all, uh, you rarely get a coach with the huevos, with the, the – the guts enough to completely change the way they play sure. in February. And Fred Hoiberg has done that. Um, the crowd was phenomenal in that place. I, I'm sure it came through on TV, but it was a big-time environment. You know, I think the the town out there has embraced the, the sort of mini turnaround that Nebraska has had over the last three weeks or so. And uh, that was a big part of it, too. Uh, I thought that you know, they rode their crowd a little bit like we rode our crowd on Thursday night. And, uh, um, you know, it was disappointing because, as you said, Terps had put themselves in a position to uh, uh, to win a big game on the road and to, and to keep the train rolling. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's the, you know, just to sort of keep building this momentum. And we, we know this is a tough place. The other thing that jumps out at me, Chris, is that they've got good players. Like, Derek Walker's a hell of a player. Tommy Naga is a, a revelation, man. Like, they – they might not be a great team, but they've got good players and they're pretty well coached. Well, they're very well coached. They also play a style that I think uh, uh, you know people enjoy seeing. That you know, as frustrated as Maryland fans were over the defense, and that's one thing the Terps have done consistently well this year is play D. Right. It's a Nebraska team that hung. They hung eighty-two on Rutgers in Piscataway, and. There are a lot of teams that need two games to get to 82 on Rutgers and Piscataway. So um, they've sort of bottled it a little bit. They've found the pixie dust, and uh, and they're they're using it. They're and they're having fun, man. You can tell that there's a chemistry on the team, and those guys like playing with each other. And you're correct. They're they're limited in many ways. They don't really have a true point guard. Uh, they've had some real issues with injury. They had some issues with injuries in. in early January, but, um, you know, 
as a guy who used to coach and, and knows how hard it is to um, sustain things, particularly in light of some really serious injuries, that's impressive what they've done. Uh, but even so, Terps had the game. Terps had every opportunity to win it. Um, just let it slip away. So you have to, you know, you have to get back on the beam here. This is a, this is a huge week for them. No doubt. Obviously, with two games at home and a, and a huge one, in particular against Northwestern on Sunday. Chris, it's always difficult when we have these conversations, right? Because there's such a, a, a micro-macro thing when it comes to Maryland, right? Which is that this year matters because it's the year that's in front of us. These are the games that are being played. But I think, you know, big picture, we're all capable of saying, hey, look, they've surpassed every reasonable expectation. This has been a wildly successful year. Whatever happens here at the end doesn't really matter in terms of the momentum that you feel for the program and for Kevin Willard. It, it just There's a good feel to Maryland basketball. But they're going to play the games anyway. So as I ask this question, like, does it matter that they haven't been a good team on the road? Is it simple enough to just say, hey, that's conference play, that's what you can accept with the limitations, or is there a bigger picture lesson to be learned from the struggles that this team has had on the road this season? No, I think it's I think it's largely the conference. You know, I, I think that uh, you know one of the things that that I'm fortified by, I think a little bit, Glenn, is the fact that you know the NCAA tournament obviously are neutral court games for the most part. Now that said, you do not want to be a you know in the eight nine game and end up playing number one Alabama in Birmingham. You know you want to you want to stay out of that situation, but for the most part, it's neutral court games. Um, and you know, when the Terps have played neutral court games this year, they've played really well. I mean, we, we, we drilled two, two good teams at Mohegan sun in November played a really good Tennessee team to pretty much a draw in December. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's largely conference related. These guys, the schools know each other very well. Uh, they prepare for each other. I, I, I look at the micro part of this though, Glenn, cause I, you're not promised next year. You're that's that's a, you know. I mean, obviously everything is trending in the right direction. You know, they've recruited well. Uh, they're involved with some really good players that may or may not come. But you're not promised anything. You have an opportunity. You the, what all we know right now is that the window is open here and now. Sure. And if it's not open, it's certainly ajar. So, so I think you have to take advantage of today and. Um, it's amazing to think about when you can, if you look at where, you know, what the projections were for the Big Ten for this season, it is amazing to think that we are looking at the end of February and Maryland and Northwestern looms as a huge game because right. nobody, nobody would have thought that, um, you know, back in October. Yeah, you know, one of the things that that jumps out at me, Chris, is that, like, again, I don't think there's any world in which Maryland's going to be making a run to the Final Four or a national title, but alone, what it would do for this program, and there's no reason, given how how much parity there is in the league, there's no reason why they couldn't win a Big Ten tournament, right? And and you probably say there's really no reason why they couldn't make a run to the Final Four. I'm just trying to be reasonable when I say these things. What it would do for this program – just to win a conference championship at this point would, you know, given, you know, how few of those types of significant achievements there have been over the last 20 years, like it would be, I I can't even begin to describe the energy and how much it would electrify this fan base for this team to go win three games in three days if they can lock up a top four seed. 
Yeah, you know, I'm going to look at this a little different way, Glenn. I, I you know, I, I was int- really interested to, to read some of Matt Painter's quotes after the P- Purdue-Maryland game, and I think maybe I saw these after the Ohio State game yesterday where they, they spanked Ohio State, but yeah. his focus is not, and maybe he's saying this is the number three ranked team in the country, you know, his whole thing is, hey, we've done enough to put ourselves in a really good position, uh, you know, going into the NCAA tournament. I think I think Kevin Willard probably feels similarly. Sure. And um, and, he, and Painter's thing is, I'm not focused on the Big Ten tournament. I, I want to do well there. I want our fans to have a great weekend. If we win it, we win it. But but there are greater things on on the on our plate here, and that, that would be the NCAA tournament. Um, and you, I think you have to catch serious lightning to win a Big Ten tournament where you're playing three games in three days. Conversely, the NCAA tournament, while it's certainly hard to win, it's the history of the NCAA tournament is filled with guys who make star turns for three weeks. Sure. You know, there's no reason why a guy like, and it's usually a point guard. You know, it's usually a guard. It's a Randolph Childress. It's a, you know, I mean, they're, they're guys who just, who do that during the course of a, of a tournament. Actually, Childress did it during the ACC tournament. But the point is, is that, you know, why couldn't Jameer Young be that guy? Why couldn't, you know, X be that guy? Whatever. But so I, I don't know. I, I kind of focus on the on the, the NCAA tournament. I'd love to make some noise in Chicago. Um, but this team is has kind of certified itself to be in the NCAA tournament. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I get it. I completely understand what you're saying. I, I feel like there's a – we're talking with Chris Naki, of course, Maryland Radio Network here on GCR. I, the Jameer Young thing is fascinating to me right now, Chris, right? Because I, I, I was talking to Juju last week, and you could hear in his voice, again, not dismissing this year at all, but you could hear in his voice the way he was thinking about, and, of course, he knows John Lamoth really well and you know some of these guys that are coming in. What this team could do a year from now, do you have – it's such – it's so fascinating. I've always been the guy that said, hey, when you have an opportunity to go get paid to play the game that you love, go do it, right? Because you're only going to be able to do that for so long. But NIL really does change things. And for a guy like Jameer who is probably not going to end up being an NBA player at any point, I don't want to dismiss that you know other guys have been able to do it, but he's probably not going to be that guy. It, might it make sense for him to – look at everything here and say, hell yeah, there's a real chance for me to take a fifth year and still be able to make some money in the process and go accomplish something amazing next season. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a there's a likelihood of that happening. I think that I think that Maryland has the wherewithal, i.e. the resources, you know, to be able to keep a guy like that. Um, and, you know, I talk to NBA guys who come in through Xfinity all the time, and talking to a couple of guys before uh, I don't know what game it was, maybe Indiana or one or one recently, the Terps were sort of on a roll a little bit. And, um, and so the two guys who were standing there talking and they, they were saying, could, could Jameer come back? And I said, yeah, I could come back. You know, the alternative is maybe go overseas or, right. you know, and, and, and I, I just, I asked, I said, what are your thoughts? And, and right away, they both said he should come back to school because mm-hmm. there's not, you know, just not. There's such a big delta, Glenn. I think we've talked about this before. Such a big delta between being a really, really good college player and yep. being an NBA player. It's almost like it's a different sport. So, um, and Jameer, and there's no crime in being a really, really good college player at all. Um, so, 
he's got to he's got to improve some parts of his game, uh, three point shooting, things like that. You know, to to be able to go play professionally. Maybe maybe it is it's in his best interest, and and maybe I'm not objective, and I just want him to come back. Right, right. <laughs> maybe right. there's something, something to that too. Yeah. No, I look, man. I would, you know, I, I think it's been thrilling to watch him play. It's been such a great story of this season. It, it, the team wins. It's always fun to see a team win. But for a kid from here to be able to come back and prove himself at this level and to want the ball in big situations, I, I'm not trying to make like a Gravis comparison because Gravis is one of the greatest players in school history. But there's just something that makes a season like this more special when you have a story like that. It's... Yeah, and and you know the team. Where would this be without him. Lost. I mean, I right. think he's yeah. played through, and I, I do get a vote on this. I, I vote for the All Big Ten team, and I, it'd be interesting to see how this all shakes out because there's some really worthy uh, guys who are having very good seasons, and uh, I'm really hoping that Jameer earns what he's, you know, uh, gets what he's earned, uh, you know, in terms of All Big Ten recognition. No, no doubt, he very much deserves it. He has been outstanding. Uh, Chris, before I let you go, yesterday, obviously not the the greatest day for Dante Scott, not a great day for Ian Martinez either. Look, th- this is college basketball. People that are trying to kill these guys, like Dante Scott, I think for the most part has played really well this season, and Martinez has been just about the only thing that they could count on depth wise. Now, Patrick Millian has certainly lifted his game and. You know, I don't want to say revelation yet, but he's been a huge help of late. I, I I don't know what else there is to say other than sometimes guys just have days that aren't their days, right? Is there a bigger story there? No, and I think there's something to that. I think the other thing is to, Glenn, not to mix metaphors with, uh, you know, sports metaphors, but, uh, you know, I, I was watching the game, and I'm thinking, you know, Dante just looks like a guy who's pitched a lot of innings. Yeah. You know, and and uh, I think that you know, he just it, it looked like he was just running in mud to me, and just he was he was slow. He was um, he just wasn't he wasn't on his game at all. He was able to get seven rebounds. I was surprised to see that by the end of the game. But he's you know he's going through the kind of game where he dribbles when he should be shooting. You know he. He, he shoots when he should be attacking, you know, just really out of sync and out of sorts. And, uh, um, you know, the, the development of a million is huge because he doesn't just back up Julian Reese. He also backs up Dante at that power forward position. So, uh, you know, in situations like that, it's nice to be able to, and it might be one of those things that, that Will looks at hey, down the stretch of games if Dante's struggling. I'm going to try and play Julian and, and Patrick together. Wow. He, he, he was limited yesterday because Gigi was in foul Julian trouble, had yeah. foul issues. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but that might be something, some, something that you look at. And Ian Martinez has been great. I mean, uh, defensively, he's been outstanding, been a huge spark off the bench. I, you know, I, we didn't get the benefit of replay on some calls that were made. There were a couple of tough charges that, that were sure. Um, but particularly one in the second half, Ian got a, got a really tough shot to drop, but they called a charge on him. It looked like uh, the big fellow was moving the whole way to me, but again, I'm not objective here. So uh, you play on, you get an opportunity to do it again on Wednesday night. That's when uh, we'll hear Chris Knocky, of course, next with Johnny and Walt Williams as Maryland takes on Minnesota. What about the podcast? What's your plans this week, sir? Uh We've got uh, we've got a couple guests lined up, including in a couple weeks, John Beeline. I hope to have John cool. Beeline on the show. Cool. We've had great guests over the last year or two, Jay Wright, 
Tom Izzo, uh, you know, uh, Fran McCaffrey. We've we've probably had 25, 26 coaches. Um, uh, Bruce Pearl's been on. We had the uh, Seth Greenberg came on with us one week. We've we've been very lucky with with guests, and you know what? It's not meet the press, Glenn. We're not asking hard questions, but it's kind of story time, and we try and get these guys to uh, lighten up a little bit and have some fun. No, it's a fun group of guys. By the way, can we talk about how good Gary looks these days? What what is he? What the hell is going on over there, man? Like. <laughs> He looks unbelievable, hey, looks right? Yeah, yeah, he does. Always got the tan working, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, he's doing really well. Seems to be in a really good place, and uh, loved having him around at all the games. Oh, Dallas it's Park. it's, it's been, been so cool. It's been so cool seeing. Yeah. That. Somebody's got to let Jim Beheim know, like, hey man, maybe maybe if you're uh, yeah, exactly. old, like, just take a step away. Life is going to be all right. Look how good Gary's life is. Jeez. Yeah, exactly. Hey, yep, uh, yep. at X Coach Naki on Twitter is how you follow him. Chris, always appreciate you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. All right, you bet, Glenn. Talk soon. Chris Naki with us here on GCR. Appreciate him doing that. That's not a joke, man. Every time I see Gary Williams, I'm like, holy hell, what the, the hell is going on there? We got to figure out. I think I joked about it on Twitter recently. I was like, whatever Gary's doing, we all have to go do it immediately. And somebody said, what, drinking in, in Rehoboth? I'm like, yeah, maybe. That's what we all need to go do right now. If it'll make us look like he looks like John Mayer's, you know, like that, older cousin. Is that what he's doing? He's just he's just hanging out in Rehoboth. Well, I mean, he's always hung out in Rehoboth. That was always his spot. Was uh, I think the Starboard was always the place that he went to. But Jesus, like pull up those pictures of him hanging out with like Gravis last week and look, I, he looks better than Gravis. <laughs> It's insane how good Gary looks these days. I don't know how to explain it. It is like the the word silver fox was invented for how Gary's looking. It's it's truly unbelievable. All right, um, I'm gonna move some things around this morning. We're gonna when we come back in, let's post KZ's picture. So we'll try calling him real quick and seeing if he can you know talk us through it, and then we'll post it. We're gonna talk a little bit about um, the John Angelos comments, and then we're gonna chat with Jeremy Khan at the top of the 11 11 a.m. hour. So that's all on the way. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. It's Glenn Clark Radio. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets start at over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license, and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always 
always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our Winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. Gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit and stay within it. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Well, it's time. Uh, This man now needs to pay his penalty. He's got one lingering from Super Bowl week. He is our buddy Ken Zalas. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. Are you at all apprehensive about this picture being shared publicly? I mean, I I, I work in a school, so a little bit. Did did you have to, like, other other than that, I, 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 I'm too old to care at this point. Well, I get that part of it, right? Like I am who I am. I, I mean, I yeah. mean, I, I mean, I, 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 I'm gonna be 55 this year. I've been married for 27 years. Yeah, you're good. I you're... know what I look like. <laughs> I, I'm good. I mean, I mean, I, I, I will say this, and I, I won't. There's one thing that is a me thing that I was apprehensive about because I've, I, 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 I don't ever even at a beach go shirtless because of it huh so huh huh all right and, and, if, and if you and if you think back we're not going to announce it but if you think back of my history you you will understand oh oh i didn't even i didn't even think about that part of it i didn't okay. think about that part. so, but so wait, that is that, that you don't be but huh. but over other than that 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 was my biggest apprehension because literally my first ever picture since then without a shirt on. Well, how about that? I didn't realize. Now I feel like we've got a huge exclusive, right? Like, I feel like so, we could have outside sold of my Outside of my kids seeing it from my from school, I, I, I'll did just you, hope that they're all to tell anybody? Did you have to warn anybody I, at, sc- at school, like, hey, I'm doing no, this? No, okay. I did. 
Okay. I didn't. Right. Uh, you know, it's it's part of this. I've been at school for 15 years, and, you know, what, what are you going to do? All right. All right. I can understand that. Well, uh, Griffin, do you have it? Can you want to go ahead and post it? You want to you wanna take care of that? Yeah, I can go, go ahead, ahead and, and get it. that posted. Go ahead and post it. it will be up for 24 hours, Ken Zalis' Tom Brady Thirst Trap, and then it's gone. It'll be pinned for 24 hours, and it's gone forever. I'm going to make that abundantly clear. It doesn't just get unpinned. It gets deleted. It's gone. If you wake up tomorrow at 11 a.m. and you say, oh, crap, I never saw that, you missed your chance. That's it. It's gone for good. 24 hours, pinned to at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, and then gone eternally. That's the way that it is. By the way, for a second, Ken, you sounded a little bit like uh, Tony Saragusa there when uh, when he said uh, to Rich Gannon, well, I don't know. I, uh, my wife lets me right. fall on top of her once a week, and she doesn't seem to mind. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, I, yeah. But, but that's sort of the attitude. Yeah, I mean, right. I, it is what it is. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> seem to do that a little bit. What's going on with you? Everything good? Everything's good. Uh just uh, spent most of the morning out at the former Memorial Stadium. Ah, yes. Getting my getting my field ready for tomorrow's high school softball season kickoff. Cool. So. Very cool. Very. I didn't even realize. So, yeah. Wait, do you all have you always played over there? This will be. I can't remember exactly, but it'll be the seventh or eighth year. Oh, that's cool. That that has been our home field. That's really cool. I remember the first time when they like opened up that field. They did an event with uh, Cal Brooks and I want to say Brady Anderson might have been there as well. And Luke Jones and I went over for the day. And I think it was the first time like Luke had ever like been in the presence of some of those guys. And it was a really cool moment. Like I I remember thinking back very fondly of that day and uh, how neat it is that they ended up using that space that way. It's just a really cool. You know, it's someone Griffin's age will never understand, right? Like, it just won't... Right, it, well, that's... Yeah, that's the thing. None of the kids understand, but our umpires and coaches that yeah. come understand, and, and it's it's cool. And, and there's a guy from the neighborhood that uh, somewhere in from May on actually puts up the here sign where it would have been... Oh, it's awesome. ...in that's Memorial awesome. Stadium, so it's kind of cool. That's awesome. Uh, is there a receiver that you're in love with? Um, not, not in love with, and, and, you know, it's really weird when we talk about receivers because I don't know who the quarterback is Mm. and I don't. Thanks for that reminder. So, so, so let's, let's, let's talk football. The, the kid out of TCU, Quinn, Quinn Johnson, who's six, four runs like a deer, uh, catches the ball as it's, it's at its peak. I love that kind of receiver. That's, uh, I mean, 6'2 to 6'4, 220 to 230 pounds that can run to get out of breaks and, and fights for the ball at its highest point. I like those type of receivers. I don't know if that's the type of receiver the, the Ravens need or they need, do they need a kid like uh, Scott that is 5'11, is a speedster, and can take the top off right, so, of, a, so to your point, of a defense. Yeah, I like the the thought would be if Bateman is fully healthy, right? That you wouldn't right. you want the complimentary guy. I know a lot of people talk Correct. about Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee as being that guy. Or, I, yeah, I, I like, mean, I love Addison. I love Addison from USC. I think right. he. I just don't think he'll be there when they pick. But well, if but he, if he was there, I mean, I think he's a no brainer pick. He's been he's been 
arguably the best receiver in football at two different schools with all kinds of different offenses that he's been able to fit into. So I would love for them to pick him. He could be a nice, okay, then you have two outside guys. Maybe you can use one in the slot a little bit. I just, it's really hard. you got a new offensive coordinator. We don't know who the quarterback is. We don't know what kind of scheme they're going to run. Um, so it's a, it's a, it, the, the one thing I like about the offensive coordinator, it seems like he does whatever the personnel is, he can work through it. Um, so that's a good thing. So maybe, maybe at the end of the day, a, a guy like Addison um, is the right guy and you have your bookends, and then a, a guy like Duvernay um, can be used properly uh, by this offensive coordinator and use his speed and use his quickness, excuse me, use his quickness off the line and things like that. So, so maybe at the end of the day, I've just talked myself into Addison. All right. I'm, I love Addison. I mean, I'd be all for it. It's so infuriating to me to hear people say this is a down receiver class. I'm like, yeah. Remember when you told me that? Oh, my God. No. When you said that no, in, 20, it is not. in 2019, everybody kept going on about how, well, it's not all that great of a receiver class. Yeah. How all of them that weren't taken, the, taken in the first round fair? How every single yeah. one of them? How's Debo Samuel look? How's DK Metcalf look? How's AJ Brown look? How's Terry McLaurin look? How's Deontay Johnson look? God, I get so sick of that. Oh, I'm yeah, so sick it's, of that. but 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 people like to do that every year. I mean, look, I I don't know what the what the what the quarterback class from last year is is ultimately going to wind up being. Right. But but look, those guys are going to we're going to see this year. Uh, look how high everybody was the year before on on Lance, and that's been unfortunate. But yeah. Zach, you know Zach Wilson. I mean, all these guys, everybody loved and said, "Oh, it's such a good top heavy. You got to be in the top ten, and they haven't been good. Yep, that's a fact. That's a fact. All right, is it up? Uh, Griffin, picture is, it up. is indeed up. All right, very up. good. Yes. Twenty-four hour clock is underway. If you want to go see, so if you don't. If you don't want the retinas to burn out of your eyes, oh, please go stop. take a look. You look great, buddy. You look great. You're, you're 55. You've been through a lot. You you, you spit in the I've face of through, death. I've been through a lot. I have I have I have no I have no shame anymore. It really, you know, it it, it it's it's not that embarrassing to me. All right. Love you, buddy. Appreciate How many did I get right, by the way? I know we tied. Did I get any right? Oh, you actually did quite well. Like, everybody went 500 or better. Everybody was 5 and 4 or better. Uh, the problem was everybody was 5 and 4 or better. Okay, got it, <laughs> like, got it. That got was it. the issue. I was 6 and 3. Uh, somebody was set. Paul, Paul Valley was seven and two. He went eight and one. Oh, eight and one. Yeah. Jesus Christ, eight and one. Like it was. So, just... so, so I should have. I should have taken I your mean, advice. Yeah, the really embarrassing thing. The only embarrassing thing about this for you and Griffin is that you both lost because you went with heads. Like what? We went Who with heads. Does that? I try. I try because I tried to get that edge. You know, if it Stop. if everybody's going tails and you get that one right, you you're, you're sitting pretty. You, but you uh, can't go down this it, way. It did you not work. You can't go down. With heads never fails. It doesn't rhyme. It makes no sense. I, I know. I know. All right, buddy. That's the worst part of it all. I love you, pal. Uh, well done. Thank okay. you. Thank you for being a good sport. Okay. Take, uh, anytime, my friend. See you, buddy. That's Ken Zalis. We love him. Um, it's up. It is. It is up on Twitter at Glenn Clark Radio. It's pinned right there. Ken Zalis is Tom Brady style thirst trap photo. I wonder if he timed this out perfectly for it to fall on a holiday. 
Like, I wonder if he was thinking that when he timed out when he was going to take the picture and send it to us. But pe- people are less people are on social that's media. That's what I'm wondering, if he was thinking that way. The the national holiday, yep. President's Day. Yeah. It is a federal holiday. That's the way that it goes. But it's up right now. All right, let's let's spend some time here, because we'll bring it up with Jeremy Kahn in a minute. Also, later on in the show, Xavier Scruggs from MLB Network Radio is going to join us. And... Um, you know, I heard him talking about it this morning on the way in. The comments from John Angelos. I want to decipher a few things, right? I want to decipher one. I am appreciative of the fact that John Angelos spent 40 minutes talking with reporters. I would prefer that he had done that in Baltimore and given more of the media an opportunity to be there. Unfortunately, you know, besides the ardent beat writers, there's not anybody. And that might be part of what he was thinking, like, Hey, these are the guys that are around the team every day, so those are the people that it's most important for me to talk to. I don't know. I I would have liked for this to have happened in Baltimore before everybody left for Sarasota, all the beat writers left for Sarasota. But, like, the TV folks weren't there, radio folks weren't there, because there's just not a budget to send people down to spring training for more than, you know, a week. So let's start with that. But I do appreciate him, you know, spending that much time and answering questions. I, I, I think it's something that owners and leaders try to do as much as they possibly can. I think it's a it's a good showing for your fan base that you're making yourself available and you're answering questions. The if you're still caught up on the lease thing, I get it. I understand. John Angelo says, hey, we're thinking, you know, it could be an all-star break gift. You would say, well, why can't it be done now? He does point out a new stadium authority chairman was uh, established like literally on Friday by the Westmore administration. So there is a lot of change working with a new administration time-wise. I get it. I, I do get it that it doesn't just happen within 24 hours. For some people, there will be fear right up until the moment the lease is done. For those of us that know that the team's not going to be allowed to move to Nashville and it's not worth the energy that you've spent on it, it's not all that big of a deal to me. Yes, I would rather it just be done so we don't have to talk about it anymore, so we don't have to, it doesn't have to exist, but it's not all that big of a deal. And we've, we've discussed further how it's further complicated by what the Orioles are trying to do beyond just the stadium with that $600 million worth of public money. So... You know, to say, hey, why do we have to keep waiting? Why has it got to be the all-star break? I I get it. I feel you. I don't think it's the end of the world as long as it gets done. The next part that was interesting to me was essentially saying they've committed to Brandon Hyde. And he didn't say that as much as he just said, well, nobody's deal is up in the next year or two. They won't tell you how long everyone's contract is for. But they're saying... Everybody's vested. Everyone's here long-term. And if that's true, then it means they've made a decision. The thing that we keep talking about, is it Brandon Hyde is the guy, or are you waiting, letting this season play out? That's one of the things we had discussed recently. Like Maybe you give it at least until, say, the All-Star break of this year. Ryan Ripken and I discussed this on Friday. Make sure you continue on that trajectory and then make a commitment. And if things were to go wrong this year, then maybe you think about a scenario you bring in a more veteran manager, someone with a bit more experience. Based on what he said yesterday, if you believe it, they've decided Brandon Hyde's the guy. And they're kind of ride or die with Brandon Hyde right now. He's 
he's their manager as they make this transition into where they expect to compete. The other part, we privately and publicly have kind of assumed the Orioles are going to end up being sold. John Angelo says not so fast, my friend. Did suggest there might be some scenario where maybe like part of the Orioles were sold, but that the family would remain in control of the Orioles. If you remember the conversation we had with Jeff Barker of the Baltimore Sun two weeks ago, I was starting to see this coming a while ago. It very much felt like there was an interest in John Angelos. You're telling me I'm getting $600, $600 million of the public money. I can do some other things to create new revenue streams. I think I might want to stick around and try to be a part of that, if possible. Now we'll see. Does Major League Baseball want to have a say in that? How does this look whenever Peter Angelos does pass away and there is a tax burden that will be passed along? Can John Angelos in particular, I don't know, would, it won't be passed directly to him. It'll be passed to Georgia first. Can the next generation afford to be the owners of the Orioles? Can they create enough new revenue to profit in order to continue to own the baseball team? You know, to be determined. But right now he's saying, look, there's no imminent sale of the Orioles. We're going to be in control. And then to me, from a baseball standpoint, and it's the part that I want to talk about when Jeremy joins us here in a minute. From a baseball standpoint, the most interesting part of this started with a conversation about payroll where he said, well, I'm not going to predict payroll. Okay, well, who is? Like, you're you're John Angelos. You own the team. If you're not allowed to predict payroll, who do we see about that? I guess he means there's no cap. He's willing to spend whatever. I mean, like, we're like, but it all, it really came off more like, well, we'll have to see how, like, I don't know where that's going to, well, if you, you're the one who makes those decisions. Like, who has more authority than you do when it comes to this type of thing? But then he went down the road of saying, hey, look, we're never going to be like the you know, the Mets or the Yankees or the Dodgers. Like, okay, no, nobody expects that, really. Um, but I'm concerned. The comparison he made, the exact quote was, I'd be disappointed... Sorry, it's not the exact quote because I'm not reading it. I'm just I'm trying to remember it, so I won't say exact quote. I'd be disappointed if we weren't the next Tampa. And that was really interesting to me. And we spent a lot of time this morning on 105.7 The Fan talking about that. Because in theory, that probably sounds good, right? Tampa's regularly competitive. They're in the mix every year. They have created this kind of special sauce where instead of rebuilding once, they're almost always rebuilding. And in the process of almost always rebuilding, they're maximizing value. And by doing that, they've managed to keep themselves competitive. They're in the mix every year. They haven't won a World Series, but they've been to two. Every year you go into the years thinking, eh, the Rays are, they might not be a favorite, but they're part of the equation. So for a lot of people, 
the comparison to the Rays would probably be a good one. To say, hey, look, we think we could we think we could be in this thing. We think we could always have the window open. We don't have to create a three to five year window by which we think we contend. We think we can contend at all times. It's the the Ravens concept, right? We don't go all in for one year. We try to keep the window open. That's what the Rays are. And so when you hear that, you might say, well, that sounds pretty good to me. But there's a flip side to it, which is that the Rays also, in attempting to maximize value, don't always stay committed to their guys. They've been committed to some. I pointed that out this morning. Kevin Kiermeyer has been around for a little while. Evan Longoria had, you know, a decade run. Ben Zobrist had a nine-year run. It's not every player that succeeded has immediately been moved at the first opportunity the team has had. And when we use terms like career Orioles or career Rays, we have to redefine this. Once upon a time, the concept was you played every game of your career with the team. Adam Jones was a career Oriole, but he played two other places, one before, one after. He was a career Oriole, though. You have a decade run with one team. I think it counts as being a career player somewhere. I I was to understand that the concept of the rebuild was to be the next Houston. That's why they hired Mike Elias, right? That's why they hired Sig Meidel. Brandon Hyde, who had been through something similar in Chicago. The idea was to become the next Houston. Rip it down to studs, build it back up to win a championship, do what's necessary once you've gotten there, spending money, whatever it is, in order to get to the place where you can win a World Series. This is a proclamation that, no, 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 we're not the next Houston, we're the next Tampa. And again, to some people, that might sound good. But for me, and wanting to fall in love with a baseball team, and wanting to be able to talk about these players and not immediately have someone say back to me, yeah, well, Rutschman's just going to be a Yankee in five years anyway. Announcing that you want to be the next Tampa concerns me a bit. Not because I don't like the idea of competing, I think that's a good thing. But what I value even more than that is trying to compete, win a championship, and have baseball players that you can plant your flag with and make you fall in love and have romantic feelings about going to a ballpark. And Tampa, for the most part, doesn't operate that way. They operate on data. They operate on maximizing. They operate like a consulting firm not like a romantic baseball club. Let's talk more about that. When I think romance, of course, there's no one I think of more than our friend Jeremy Kahn from the Big Bad Morning Show on 105.7 The Fan. Dude, I got to tell you, I thought today's show, the best morning show I've ever heard on 105.7 The Fan. It's arguably, I mean, it's right up there. Um, <laughs> all other shows at, at best would tie for second. Yeah, so. right. tied for um, second. But yeah. Oh man! Wait, um, how many hours of radio are you doing? Oh, today? I'm I'm running. I think I might just stay on all day. So this is I don't even know if okay. you if you know this. On top of everything else, Bruce was coming on at nine after us today. Mm-hmm. He thought he was on at ten. 
Oh, great. So I got a phone so, call during a commercial break at 8.45. Hey, man, can you stick on for a little while? <laughs> yeah. Can, no can problem. you stick on past the time that you're Yes, correct. No problem. That's what I said. I'm like, Bruce, I got to do another show at 10. He's like, oh, no, no, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'll be there. Promise. <laughs> All right, buddy. That's great. Oh, man. So oh. It, is, it has been a day. Um, All right. So I know that we normally do silly things, but we're in this. I'm having this conversation about John Angelos yesterday. What do you make of this question that we were talking about this morning, which is, as good as it sounds to be competitive, when John Angelo says, I want us to be the next Rays, I think we can, I'd be disappointed if we're not the next Tampa. I, I think it sounds good to a lot of people because, well, the Rays are, as we say, they're always competitive, right? They're constantly cycling through. They're maximizing a lesser payroll in order to get the most value, trading players out. Well, you know, what's cooler than having one um, Chris Archer having four Chris Archers, right? Like that that's just the way they think, the way that they operate over the years. Yeah. I that's different than what I thought this was supposed to be, which is I thought they were supposed to be the next Houston, and it concerns me that they're not going to be invested in spending the money even on their own players to make sure they keep them around and that they're more inclined to say let's just keep swapping them out and let's just keep bringing more guys in and hope to, you know, do this the way that Tampa has done it. Yeah, I mean, look, it, I, I think sometimes it's that word raise because we all um, associate that with the one team that's been doing business right for a long period of time, but they're also the cheapest people in the industry. Um, and, you know, I think, I think you can run your business like the raise, but you've got to be able to spend money. I mean, you're, more, you're better than a, a mid-market team. I mean, you can at least be in the middle, you know, somewhere in the middle as far as spending um, and I mean, if you're running it like the Rays and your, your payroll is around 50 to $70 million a year, I, in, in this division, I don't know that two teams are going to be run like that. And then you have to be, and they have been to their credit, perfect with trade. So I don't like hearing that. Although I, I think it's being more said, like the fact that they're not spending money now that they want to be run like the Rays. I mean, that's kind of how I took it, but, um, I could be dead wrong in that too. So I, I'd almost like someone to follow up like hey are you guys actually going to spend money or right. what are we doing here and then that's the thing you say well, yeah. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna predict payroll to which you say well like well who is you know like you're you're the yeah. orioles right like there's not somebody above you that we can go ask instead and that's i i think this is what this comes back to i'm 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 optimistic about the orioles i think there's every reason to be excited about this baseball season but i i still around town i want to have these conversations and even this morning i got back yeah, well, Rutschman's just going to be a Yankee in five years anyway, so what the hell, why do I care? And there is a party that wants to be like, well, hey, enjoy the moment, right? Like, can you not enjoy the moment in the meantime? But I I do get it if you think this is going to be a team that's just going to keep saying, well, we're just not going to pay players that much, then I, I, I know why you fear it. I know why it's hard to embrace and fall in love with a baseball team if you just think the guys that you're rooting for are going to turn around and be gone in a couple seasons. Yeah, because the sad part is, and look, anybody expecting the Angelos family to run this other than a business, I think, I think you guys are sadly mistaken. Um, it's not like, you know, Steve Cohen with the Mets. He's willing to go out and spend as much money as he wants to. He doesn't care. This, he wants to win. That's the bottom line. I don't think he's using the Mets as a, an organization to make money. Ultimately, he will. But I think this is like his baby now. Like he, He's willing to spend, but he wants to see them win. And your ass is on the chopping block if they don't. Like, if, if you're going to run your organization like the Rays, then you should be um, headed to Vegas with the Oakland A's, or you right. should be in another market that, that can't afford it. And I would say this, like with people not showing up to the stadium for whatever reason you want to deem it, 
bad baseball team, crime, what it, you know, it's better to stay at home, the pandemic, all the things that went on. Um, yeah, I mean, I would listen to them and saying, hey, we, we got to make some money too. We're, this is our business. I get that side of it from being in this industry. But at the same extent, we don't need to be the race. We can be better than them. We can, and, and I mean that from a standpoint as far as what you spend. You know, you, you can be fiscally responsible and still spend money out there. I'm not telling you to go throw $180 million at Jacoby Ellsbury and hope right. it works out. Right. And, and again, even in the comparison of the Rays, it was brought up to me. Like, look, Ben Zobrist was there for nine years. Evan Longoria was there for a decade, essentially. They're at least feigning at the moment that they're committed to Wander Franco, and we will see how that plays out. They have signed guys in the past and ended up trading them anyway. If the Orioles operate that way where they say, look, we can't keep everybody around. But they at least identify a couple of guys that can be, you know, guys we can stake our our tent or put our, our flags down and say they're going to be here. I can understand saying, yeah. you know, beyond that, a, a year ago there were people, myself included, that were talking about the idea of, you know, extending Austin Hayes, and now we feel quite silly because, you know, two months after we were saying that, we were like, mm, well, I'm not sure if he's really the answer or not, but. I, I can yeah. live with it being, hey, it's not going to be everybody, and there's not going to be wild money spent, as long as when a special player comes along, you commit to the idea of trying to keep them there for a little bit more than just the five years of team control to give someone a reason to want to come to the ballpark. You, you know who they should be run like, and, and no BS, they should be run like the Atlanta Braves. Well, and ideally, I'm not telling you you right. got to, look, you, it's easier said than done to find an Acuna and Albies. Sure. Um, you know, they, they, they moved away from Freddie Freeman. They get a Matt Olson, which that stung because what Freddie Freeman meant to Atlanta and they just won a world series, but you know, they're, they're compensating and, and making the team maybe not as good with Freeman, but still really good. And then all these young pitchers, they draft and players are keeping all their own and they're paying them. I mean, they're, they're still going to be somewhere maybe in that top 10 or outside the top 10 in payroll, usually year in and year out now, probably a little bit higher because they're now spending on the, the cheap guys that they had, but Keep your own. I mean, if you're drafting well, keep your own and pay them and avoid some of the arbitration years. Don't run into what Milwaukee just ran into with Corbin Burns, where they basically insinuated that he's the reason they didn't make the playoffs, even though he was number one in strikeouts, number one in starts, and ERA under three. You're going to piss off your ace, which doesn't make any sense. I agree. I agree. I don't know what the hell they're doing, but if they want to ship him this way for nothing, I'd be I'd be all right yeah. with that. Yeah, let's talk about it. No, I I it's bad it's bad business. It's in, it's incredibly bad business. I don't know nothing else. I I was intrigued by the idea that it seems again that John Angelos presents and we don't have all of the facts, but he's presenting the idea that they are committed to Brandon Hyde already that you know, he says his contract's not up in the next year or two. Well, that sounds like there's a long-term deal in place. I don't know how else you read into that if he's truthful that the deal's not up in another year or two and I don't know I like Brandon Hyde but you and I have talked about this I, I don't know that I thought yet that it was time to say definitively he was definitely the guy that was going to lead you into championship contention what do you make of the idea that they at least are presenting that they are committed to Brandon Hyde long term well I, and look I, I like it personally I, I said all along that I like the person from the times we've interviewed him um, I think he obviously knows baseball. I mean, you go back to you know, who he's worked under and who he's worked with. He's a lifetime baseball guy. So I, I'm comfortable with it. And the fact that he's bought in the analytics, I feel like there can't be – like you can't bring Tony La Russa in here um, and, and all of a sudden expect things to work when right. you've got an analytical front office and then you've got this old school guy. Not that there's anything wrong with even being old school, but I think the game is changing clearly with advancements and understanding – you know, strategy and, uh, you know, where you want to place guys. And now it's going to even be altered with 
the, uh, the shift and everything and, and some of the other stuff that's being banned and different things you can do. So they're going to have alternate information for that stuff. So I, I like Hyde. And, and the fact that I think everybody on our show had said, we want to see him with a halfway decent team to see what he does. I don't even think last year's team was in essence, halfway decent, but they played above board. They played way better than we thought. And um, I want to see that for a full season. And then, I mean, they can ultimately make their mind up. They still got time on that contract, but, I'd be interested in re-signing him. And again, it's still early. It's just after this one year where they've had success. I mean, I look, I I like Brandon Hyde. I do. I just wonder like what happens if this year things go a little bit south, right? Like and I, I don't expect it. I don't it doesn't even make sense. But what if they what if they did? And that was sort of my thought process just maybe give it one more year, let it play out, make sure you're definitely still on the exact same trajectory. And that last year wasn't some sort of strange anomaly. Just make sure and then maybe make your long-term commitment. I, I just think it's bold if it was done. And, again, I get it. Like, I also don't think that John Angelos wants to come out and proclaim, like, eh, well, you know, the verdict's still out on that guy. Like, I understand that he's going to try <laughs> yeah. to be careful about what he says. But if we accept him as being truthful, I, it just seems really quite bold that they would go ahead and do it now. That's all. Yeah. I And – there, I mean, you don't have to. That's the whole point. Like, I, I think right. sometimes, you know, if he hit free agency, where would everybody become running at him? Would it all of a sudden then cost you so much more? I don't think it's like, a, you know, having a player that has the option of getting away that, you know, a- after arbitration years, you know. So you can ride this out as long as you want, but you also run the risk, too, if he's like, wait a minute, I should be getting paid like these other guys. This is what they've been doing. But ultimately, I mean, I think people that have been in this industry know that negotiating and all that stuff, it goes – all that goes hand in hand, and uh, ultimately somebody will figure it out. Yeah, there's no doubt. There is no doubt about it. All right, uh, he is Jeremy Kahn, Big Bad Morning Show, 105.7 The Fan, picks every day at PressBoxOnline.com. Acknowledge that it sucks for there to be a, a company holiday in the winter. Like, the, what, what the hell could you possibly be doing? You would have rather just gone to work today, right? It's... Well, I'm celebrating all the presidents. Yeah, I'm um, sure. I'm sure you are. You know, I'm, so I, doing it, presidential-like it, things. I was. We um, talked about this at the start of today's show. I said if I had to bet, if, when I talked to Jeremy later and I talked to Rob and Ed, they'd say if the choice was I either work today or I or I have it off, but I get a floater day for the summer. You'd definitely rather be able to take off a Monday in the summer, wouldn't you? I mean, I guess. Like I, I'm a guy that I, I only take off when either you know, I have something going on or I'm right. going on vacation. I don't like, I, I actually I know this sounds silly for some people. Like I enjoy working. I don't, don't get me wrong. I don't like getting up at four, four o'clock. Yeah, it's a morning, lot, but it's a lot. Um, I have fun when we're doing the show, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, th- th- my problem is it for me personally, what happens with these comp days is that you have to use them in a certain amount of time. Oh, and you just, and forget, I always forget right. about it. Yeah, there is that. That's, I'm, I'm, that's a problem. I get yeah, it. I just show up. So I, I'd almost rather have the holiday off because, you know, then I know I have the three-day extended week because now we go through this whole thing. Are you taking the holiday or are you working? Because, you know, they would typically ask us to work any holiday that's before or after a Ravens game, if yep. it, like if it landed on a Friday or Monday. Um, I don't know that they do that for Christmas, but we'll, we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> right. I don't know if that's next right. year or the year after. <laughs> um, I doubt. I don't think they would do that. No, but I hear you. I And to me, it's more like I, I don't have anything to do. I, I don't know what I would do if somebody said, don't yeah. go to work on. Like, well, to do what? Like, I'm... I'm too old to play video games. Well, <laughs> like, what am I going to yeah, well, do with it, myself? So the national holiday is now the day after the NBA All-Star game instead of the day after the Super Bowl. Well, and like we, but we think that's going to... we know gonna, everybody was up late watching. Uh, correct. Oh, God, whatever. Uh, we think that's going to be fixed. And that I did bring that up. Like, I'm still convinced 
I think uh, Rami told me it's 2027 is the year that the Super Bowl would fall on Valentine's Day. I think they're yeah. going to get this fixed before then. Like, I think it's okay. – so we got three between now and then. I don't – I think by 2027, the Super Bowl will be President's Day weekend, and then it'll be beneficial, whether it's because they got their 18-game season or not. Like, that probably has to get pushed back to 2030. So even if they wait on the 18-game season, I think they'll wise up and say, let's add in another bye week at you know between the end of the regular season and the start of the playoffs, something to make sure – that we get to the Super Bowl being the weekend of President's Day weekend, one, to avoid Valentine's Day, and two, because it just makes too much effing sense. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, like it, it does make perfect sense to have that as a national holiday the way we celebrate it over here. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know why that hasn't been. But, again, we were talking about this the other day, like with some of the, the, the days that are treated as holidays. Like, for the most part, outside of the – family ones or the celebratory ones, you know, like a lot of times we know we're going to work on Labor Day, but 4th of July, like usually that's getting together with some friends, whether you do it a day earlier on the day, um, you know, the, the, the ones that use New Year's Eve, things like that, that people like to be off for, but all the rest of them, like how much well, do we actually okay. celebrate? I mean, I work a morning show, so it, it well, doesn't right. really yeah, matter that's... outside of getting up early, you know? Correct. By the way, I, I don't know if you're still like this. I, I set four alarms this morning. Like I set four. Every time I filled in for you guys, I and I, it's hilarious because I forget I did this for a few years. Obviously, like you know the way that you had over at the other station. Like I did mornings mm-hmm. for a while. I, I've like blacked that part of my life out. I act like I'm. It's some sort of national emergency when I've got to do a morning show now. I I get so terrified that I'm going to sleep through my alarm, which I've not done in I don't know twenty years. But I get so you know terrified. That is? We all have that panic sleep, though, Glenn. Like, it's then, just because it's something that's not in your normal routine. It is so much worse. And you, then someone's asking you to do something for someone else, and you don't want to let them down. You can't so you sleep. sleep. You can't sleep because of yeah. it. I can't sleep. Whenever I have done this, uh, filling in for you guys, I don't sleep. I set five alarms. I mean, I'm, I'm losing my mind about it. This morning, like the dog shifted at like four in the morning, and I was like, oh, God! Like I had, I had screwed everything up, and Rita was sitting there by herself. Like, guys, I don't know, I don't know if I really want to do this. Like, I was so messed up about it. It's awful. Well, and I get that way too before like big days or events or things that we're doing. Oh, I don't think this is a know, big day. I don't, I don't really. I think it's it's beneath me, frankly, to be filling in for you guys. No, I'm just saying my schedule doesn't change as much where, like, getting up early, I get up early every day now, so it's not like a, right, it's only right. when something's different, when I have to be somewhere on, let's say, a Saturday or something, I'm like, oh, I don't want to miss this, I don't yeah. want to miss it, you know what I mean? I like, get that. Um, yeah. I get, I completely get that. Um, I need to know, who does the cooking in the con household? Oh, my wife, mostly. Okay. It's the same way. Like, I do grilling and stuff, it's, and I help prep. It's I exact, like prepping. But By the way, the funny her. thing is, I actually like cooking, but she... She made it like it, she just. I think it's people tell it's like a love language thing. Like she mm-hmm. feels more validated as a partner in the relationship that she does the cooking, right? So that's fine. It's it's quite the sacrifice for me, but I heroically am willing to eat all of her cooking. It's just I'm I'm that good of a person that I'm willing to do it. There's an interesting thing that I have noticed recently, where uh, I'll give you I'll set the scene for you. Saturday I did the Loyola Hopkins game, then I ran out to Stevenson and I did a basketball game, and then I had to meet a friend that had a gift for me. Like I didn't get home until about nine o'clock, right? Like it was mm-hmm. about then. 
I was hungry. I, I don't think I had actually eaten a meal all day. Like I had had maybe a cliff bar or something like that. I was hungry, and she had made for the kids uh, a, a buffalo chicken pasta. And I said, mm-hmm. great, no problem. I'll just have a little bit of a buffalo chicken pasta left over for dinner. All's good. And then I'm leaving work yesterday, and I say, hey, you know, everything's everything's good for dinner tonight, right? She's like, oh, yeah, well, the kids are going to have the leftover buffalo chicken pasta. And I said, whoa, 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 I, I, I ate some. Did you check to make sure there's enough? Because, like, I ate some of that last night, and I get back this. Why? Why did you do that? And I said, well, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. There was no note. There was no, you know, he didn't text me and say, hey, thinking about saving the buffalo chicken pasta. I don't want to make a full dinner tomorrow night, so I might have the kids eat that, and we'll do something the two of us. So please, if you don't mind, eat something else here. All we ever do is throw away leftovers a week later from the fridge, and you know as a father yeah. there's nothing that, that, that hurts your soul more than wasting food. Like, it's just something about becoming a dad that immediately you want to make a fire for everybody and you hate wasting food. It's two things that immediately happen when you become a father. Uh, do you have these leftover problems in your house? Like, that, I, is it too much for me to ask that this not fall on me to try to read your mind about what you were planning on doing with the various leftovers and maybe suggest that if you wanted to do something with the various leftovers, you perhaps leave a note for me that says something like, don't eat, have plans for tomorrow, eat something else, fatso. Yeah, well, see, I guess my wife is the the leftover king. Like she, I don't know how she does it. She eat the same thing like seven days oh, in a God row. God bless like, her. If, God bless yeah, her. Yeah, and like food is fuel, and I can't do it. Like if I really like something, if I really like it, you might catch me eating it two days in a row. Like it's just no more than that. I, I can't. I just don't know what it is. I want something different. <laughs> Mrs. Clark, but, by the way, is yeah. like she would prefer we just throw everything away the first time. Like she wouldn't even keep it for a day. She'd just say, "Well, let's just get rid of it." I'd be like, "Just not throw my wife. It. She wants to save everything." Oh, yeah. oh, well, we man. can reheat those French fries in the air fryer now. No, <laughs> throw those damn things out. <laughs> I don't want anything fried. Oh, it's a, yeah, everything. She's like, "It doesn't taste the same." I'm like, "I know it doesn't taste the same, lady. I just also know that we're not billionaires." See, what I do is I usually let my wife handle everything, and then once in a great while, like I'll bring home. Like on Saturday, I brought home Ekaben. And oh. that makes up for everything. Oh, that so, does make up for everything, doesn't it? Jesus. You know there's one in uh, in Locust Point now? So I, They just that opened Hill? that one, right? Uh, and they got nominated for yeah. like a ch- uh, whatever the big award is. Whatever the big like – James Beard, is that what they give call it? Give it to them. My God. Yeah, give it to them. That box. I'll whatever the Jeremy Conn Beard Award. What, I don't care. Whatever the they call like the box with the rice and the, the pickled vegetables – it's the greatest thing. The Yardbird with the yes, chicken in it? Yes, it's the Yardbird. Oh. But but you specifically get it not as the sandwich. Take nothing away from the sandwich, which is everybody knows the, the sandwich at Eki Ben is. Yeah, is, I love the sandwich. It's it's wonderful. I'm telling you, get it as the box. What I think it's Tackle Box. It's something like there's some name that they have for it. Get it as the box. It is three days' worth of food that you're going to eat in 15 minutes because it's that oh. insanely good. So- so I did the smartest thing that I've ever done in my entire life because not only was my wife working when I picked her up Ekaben, um, so I got myself Ekaben at the end of the night, but I also picked up uh, a, one of the boxes that you're talking about for reheat the next day, which it was still amazing, and I ate all of it, and afterwards I'll go, well, I'm done eating for the day. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much damn food, man. It's so, so good. So they call it a tackle box, but they have it listed as just being for their catfish or their shrimp. I'm telling you, you can do it with the chicken. Like, I've done it where I just said, give me the neighborhood bird, but in the box. 
Yeah, they had that. Oh, my God. My God, it should win. I think it's just the neighborhood bird box. It's just a neighborhood bird box. But you have to come in blindfolded. Yeah, yeah. correct. That's the way it is. They hand it the to bird you. box. Not so. bad. I forgotten about that. Yeah. I had completely forgotten yeah. about it. Um. <laughs> oh my God, it's so per. They should not forget the James Beater word. They should get a Nobel Peace Prize. Like it's just the most insane thing I've ever put in my mouth. And as Jeremy knows, I put a lot of things in my mouth. Yeah, um, that tempura broth. Like my wife got tofu from there. I never eat tofu. I would eat the tofu from there God, almost insane. every day. It's insane. It's. Just, it's Ridiculous. If man. if you told me tomorrow that I was going to die if I consumed it, I would just sort of say, "Well, good run." <laughs> like, yeah. What What do you say? Thanks for coming out, everybody. Right. Like, this what do you is say? My uh, TED talk. Jesus Christ, it's <laughs> unbelievable. All right, you guys are are By back. The, yeah. No, I was just going to say the uh, my favorite thing uh, the All Star Game last night. I don't know how much you watched. Zero. It was. It wasn't a. Yeah, it wasn't a good one from the standpoint that when they got to the fourth quarter, the game wasn't even close. LeBron sat out the second half. Giannis played the first two minutes and then sat out because he has a wrist injury. Um, and then it was just basically the Jason Tatum, Jalen uh, Brown, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell show as these guys were just going off. But it was a lot of fun. But my favorite thing was it was the anniversary where they were showing – so they invited African music in. Yes. But in the U- All-Star game was in Utah, in Utah, which had to be such a culture shock for – I mean, these are the whitest of white people. So, um, so yeah, the and it's just funny. I can just imagine the looks on people's faces when that. And the music was good. Like I was entertained. I was listening. To did it. did you I only hear, knew one of the artists? Did you hear what Barkley and Shaq said before the game started? Where Barkley was like, "Man, this place, all these people are going to heaven. Man, there ain't nothing to do out here." <laughs> and Shaq followed up by saying, "I've never ordered more room service in my life." In my life, yes. It was so good. They also had the moment, too. We've all been in, in this moment in the industry, whether it's on like a, um, a laptop where we're doing a Zoom or you were just doing a radio show where somebody's mic drags. Mm. So Barkley mm-hmm. had a mic that was dragging that made him sound drunk. And he kept going, look, everybody. So Utah. And then Shaq goes, are you drunk? <laughs> You've been so drinking great. out here. And he just calls him out live on the air. And every time Barkley talks, it sounds like he's drunk and there's nothing they could do. Oh, that's great. perfect. Oh, that's, that's perfect. One of the better moments. That's yeah. wonderful. All right. Uh, at JeremyCon1057 on Twitter. And what's coming up on the Big Bad Morning Show this week? Uh, it'll be uh, all of us back together. Uh, obviously getting into more of uh, Terp Talk, March Madness. As that's approaching, uh, the NBA will get started, I think, on Thursday. So, uh, and there's still that, that, that thing going on with the quarterback in Baltimore and wondering what's what? going to happen there. So. Uh, what is, what's that all about? Yeah. Man? Well, the, uh, the, the window opens oh, tomorrow. Don't we have an exhibition game coming up for the Orioles, too? Like it's just, <sighs> This weekend, yes. Spring. Yes. Yeah. Spring Crazy. training games begin uh, at Picks Every Day, PressBoxOnline.com. Love you, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next Monday, all right? See you guys. Thanks, pal. Jeremy Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, with us here on GCR. Today's show brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Stan the Fan, Ross Grimsley, and Ben McDonald talking baseball tonight. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. If you miss it live, you can find it at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video tomorrow. When we come back in, we're going to talk baseball. Xavier Scruggs sort of felt like John Angelos was lying, did not feel confidence that there's strong leadership in Baltimore. We're going to talk to uh, the former big leaguers now with the ESPN and MLB Network Radio next, Glenn Clark Radio.
Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles phenom Gunnar Henderson, breaking down how he was able to become the top prospect in baseball at such a young age and what could be next in his first full MLB season. Also inside, we meet lacrosse players from the men's and women's college programs across the state, and Bo Smoka breaks down another year wide receiver issues for the Ravens. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich, hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers started over $60,000 and over $64,000 for lateral officers with $10,000 signing bonuses available. Plus, cadets started over $32,000. Great benefits are available like medical, dental, and vision insurance, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days per calendar year with no limit, career advancement to more than 20 specialized units, and more with further incentives for military service members and veterans. A passion for service, a career for life, with the Baltimore County Police Department. Find out more at joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. Must be a United States citizen, have a valid driver's license and a high school diploma or GED equivalent. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grinder or anything. I swear. On second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Perhaps you have signed up for maybe one or two of the various sports betting offerings here in the state of Maryland, but you haven't signed up for all of them. Well, you're leaving free money, free bets, incredible offers on the table. So I would encourage you right now to get to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, and in part because they're just not going to last for forever. These companies at some point are going to pack up, move on, and say, hey, we think we've signed up as many people as we're going to get, and so we're going to worry about trying to sign them up somewhere else. 
So get the PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and take advantage of all of the various offers that are there for you. John Angelos met with the media yesterday in Sarasota at Oriole Spring Training. And as I was driving in this morning, I was listening to our next guest kind of talk about and not really loving what he was hearing from John Angelos. We've uh, had a couple of opportunities to catch up with him. He's a former big leaguer. You hear him on MLB Network Radio. You see him time to time on ESPN, MLB Network. He is Xavier Scruggs, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Xavier, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, no problem at all. Uh, happy to be on here with you guys. Appreciate it. it. It's great to chat with you. I, you know, it's interesting to me, right? Because as I, as we were talking about John Angelos today and yesterday, I sort of found myself saying, well, if you believe what he's saying or if you think that he's telling the truth. And so I, I kind of heard in your voice like some skepticism about some of the things that he was saying. And I, I don't know. I, I can't say that I fully blame you for that. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I, I feel like at least there's been multiple different stories that he seems to be trying to tell about this team. And it's, it's tough to really get a good understanding of what he wants to do, um, whether it be put money into the team and, and give them some help from a free agency standpoint. Um, you know, he, he had talked about earlier on in the off season, spending some more money, maybe the payroll going up and, and we're talking about the Baltimore Orioles. So we're not expecting them to go after the top free agents necessarily available, but at the same time, you can't say that and then come to spring training on the first day and talk about, well, you know, look at the Brewers, look at the Rays. They don't spend the type of money and and, and kind of backtrack in that sense. So, you know, I, I just try to try to get a better understanding of what's trying, what he's trying to do as far as priorities with this team, because we look at this team last year and the jump that they made as far as with their talent. And you talk about them being able to put it all together on the field don't tell us, hey, we're willing to have the payroll go up, and then all of a sudden it's, oh, we might have been a year ahead of schedule. Right. So I- I'm just trying to figure out where we're at with that. Uh, to your point, uh, Xavier, I can give them, I don't want to say a pass, I can understand why they would look at this roster right now and say, hey, we still have some questions about whether guys really are long-term fits, guys that are going to be part of the championship pursuit, if we believe there's going to be one of those. I could see them looking at an Austin Hayes, uh, you know, even a Cedric Mullins because of his age, right? Uh, a Jorge Mateo, Ryan Mountcastle, who struggled last year. All guys who we think, you know, at times we thought very highly of. We definitely at least think something of. But them saying, hey, let's run those guys back out there for another year. And then at the end of next year, we have a bit more clarity. That'd be 2023. Have a bit more clarity about who is definitely a part of this thing every day and where specifically we would need to target for acquiring something in order to make that jump. I can give them, again, pass is the wrong word, but I could hear that argument out because of the uniqueness of some of those players, but the the next step has to be there. I have to be comfortable that at the end of this year they're definitely going to spend the money, and based on what we heard John Angelo say, I don't know that I have any comfort that they're definitely going to spend the money to take that next step. Yeah, that, that's what I think is the, the unclear part is the talent is already there as far as what you're trying to build. Um, now, are you telling me that, you know, since we're a young team, um, we overachieved and overperformed because of the work of all ball, baseball folks, 
that that to me that's not an excuse to say okay let let's backtrack and not give the team the resources they need to continue to get better and, and I think the one thing we have to look at is the division you know we as a as a team that has took steps forward in the division you cannot expect to sit back and and not do anything when you have the Yankees going and getting the, uh, uh, re-signing the MVP, when you have them going after and getting Carlos Rodon. Same thing with the Toronto Blue Jays, one of the most improved teams in all of baseball. So I, I just look at kind of in the Rays, we understand that they're going to do what the Rays do. It's hard for me to look at this division and expect for the Orioles to sit back and, and expect their team to continue to get better when the division is getting that much tougher. I hear it. MLB Network Radio, Xavier Scruggs with us here on GCR. Xavier, the next step of this, too, is, again, if we believe what he said, John Angelo says, well, you know, I would be disappointed if we weren't the next Tampa. And that really kind of it hit me in a way because when all of this started, I was able to say, hey, I'm on board with trying to replicate Houston. That seems exactly you know, for as much as nobody liked tanking, and baseball obviously did everything in power to try to end tanking afterwards, Houston and, to a lesser extent, Chicago before that had proven that tanking can work. So I was okay. Clearly, they were bringing in literally guys that were responsible in Mike Elias and Sig Meidel and trying to replicate what they did in Houston. But what happens in Tampa is very different than what happens in Houston. In Tampa... They regularly churn through players. They they have a guy for a little while, then they try to maximize his value and romantic feelings be damned um, for the most part. Right. They've kept a couple of guys around over the years, but for the most part, it's, you know, whenever we think we can get the most value for them, they go and we bring somebody else in. And yes, they can stay competitive that way, but for building a fan base and falling in love with a baseball team, I, if, if people around here feel like, yeah, but Adley Rutschman's only going to be here until you decide it's time to trade him, or Gunnar Henderson's only going to be here until you decide it's time to trade him. It's tough for a fan base to fall in love with that, isn't it? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely, because if you think about it, some of those ones that he mentioned as far as models, they've even extended themselves a little bit more when you think about the Rays have got and paid more than they'll normally pay for a Zach Eflin. The same thing the year before, paying uh, out of range what they normally pay for a Brooks Raley, a relief pitcher. I think there's an understanding with those teams. At some point, you have to actually go out and get the talent that helps supplement the rest of the team. And I think to your point, they maximize value of all their players. Um, you know, and I, and I see the Baltimore Orioles having the ability to do, to do the same thing. At, at least put your money where your mouth is, right? I, if you make a statement – allow your team to go out there and do that. And another thing too is obviously from an owner standpoint, we, we understand a new Camden Yards lease agreement is extremely important. That's a priority. Yep. Um, the upgrades are a priority. And I feel like as much as those things are a priority, you want to be able to supplement those with a great roster, great talent on the team as far as winning. You don't want to have upgrades and future plans for Camden Yards and still be a stagnant team. I think that's not what fans want. You want the fans, you want people to be excited about coming to the ballpark and the things surrounding that when the team is a very good team. No doubt. No doubt. That's I, I'm, I'm feeling all these things. It's the awkward part about it. Like I, Xavier, I like the idea of being competitive. We've, we've, been, we've been through a lot in Baltimore over the last <laughs> few years. So just give me something, that, and right now we're, we're feeling it. It's this... 
it's an awkward feeling to have at a time where it seems like the Orioles are transitioning into being a team that should be good. You just want to have that, like, you know, warm, fuzzy feeling of, yes, this is, we're there now. And to your point, instead, we're like, uh, are are we? Are we definitely going to be? Are we going to stay? Like, <laughs> it's even tougher to hear, too, when you hear some of these other owners, John Middleton with the Phillies. Yeah. You hear Steve Cohen. Like, these guys are all in as far as, you know, not caring uh, so much about, uh, a, a, a financial loss, but more about, you know, that, what this team can do, the legacy that these teams can leave. And I think that's what Baltimore sports fans want to hear is like, hey, this is a big sports town. Let, let, that, let us excel in, in all of our sports and yeah. do it by bringing on the best talent and, and having the best young talent along with that, too. Oh man, it's we, it's music to our ears, but unfortunately, it's not not the way that we're feeling at the moment. Let me let me bring it back uh, to the micro, if I could, Xavier. We're going into this season, and the Orioles were over five hundred a year ago. Now they'll have Adley Rutschman for the entirety of the season, Gunnar Henderson for the entirety of the season, Grayson Rodriguez, we think, for the entirety of the season. Although he'll definitely be limited innings wise, um, and we don't know yet what he is as a major league pitcher, but we have reason to think that he's going to be very good. Um, Vegas expects the Orioles to take a step back and has their win total below 500. But I, it seems crazy to me. I get that like they're still in a tough division, but with the schedules being balanced again, like I don't know that that matters nearly as much. Why shouldn't we be hopeful about the Orioles taking the next step towards being in contention for a playoff spot this year? Yeah, I I, I have to agree with you. I just see. You know, uh, um, obviously they take into account what some of these other teams have done as far as the offseason, but I still look at the, the, the young guys in Adley Rushman and Cedric Mullins to Gunnar Henderson, Anthony Santander. I, I just see all these guys continuing to take a step forward. I don't see these guys taking steps back. Um, I, now, from the pitching standpoint, as far as starting pitching, that's one area in which – they they don't have the dominant guy that's uh, established, right? Yep. Um, and I think that's one area in which if if you're looking free agency, you're looking trades moving forward. That's one thing that that has to be a priority. If you get a dominant guy at the front of the rotation, then you're talking about really being able to build a fountain foundation off of that. That's what all the great teams have is they at least have that number one guy that goes out thirty times and can and go do his thing. And we, we don't have that right now with the Orioles, but I think you can, you can see that growing as an opportunity to go after a guy like that with the talent they have. That's yes, or hopefully, you know, a Grayson Rodriguez becomes that guy, right? Like, hopefully yeah. that's the yeah. way that it plays out this year. But to your point, like, you, you hope, this goes back to all the things we are talking about, that if this team is in contention at the deadline this year, they say, all right, it's, it's time. It's time. Not necessarily for rental players. I don't think that is logical because I don't think they're going to win a World Series this year. But to to make a move and to do what you would need to do, even if it involves spending a little bit of money, to try to help yourself out for a couple years. But we are still waiting to know that's the case. Um, I, I wanted to get your yeah. thoughts. Obviously, just another minute or two here with Xavier Scruggs. The Orioles last year had both Cedric Mullins and Jorge Mateo, who were terrors on the base paths. And so when you see the bases are bigger and pitchers can't throw over nearly as much, it gets you a little bit excited here because the good baseball or base dealers are here. Do you think that there's going to be a drastic change in teams' approaches? Do you think that we're going to see with 
with these changes, far more aggressiveness on the base paths? Or for the most part, do you think that it's going to be, you know, maybe the same, if not only slightly altered by these rules changes? I think it's going to depend upon the teams because you mentioned a great thing. The Orioles have guys that are not afraid to go and steal bases. And I think the aggressiveness is going to um, it ultimately help the Orioles and the athleticism that they have. Other teams that don't have these types of guys, it's, it's, it's hard to just all of a sudden say, okay, let's start becoming more, get better at base stealing because they don't, a lot of teams don't have that already. I think that's where the Orioles are in advantage is you've already had guys like Cedric Mullins and, 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 and Mateo who have been guys that are not afraid to go out there and do it. So I think they take advantage of it more. And then I think it feeds off to some of these other guys as well that could be considered, okay, let me take an extra bag or two uh, when I have an opportunity to. So I think for the Orioles, I think it can be drastic, honestly. Um, and I think it could be to their advantage. I, 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 I'm hoping that's the case. It seems to behoove the Orioles to, uh, to be a bit more aggressive. <laughs> Xavier, what's going on with you, man? Uh, when we hearing you, when we seeing you, what's your schedule look like for the next couple of weeks? Yes, starting to get going here. I'm actually at MLB Network. I'll be on today at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, But just getting going about, you know, all the spring training, I'm excited for, like, what we just talked about, the athleticism of these teams. I think the athleticism of players is really starting to show in our game. And with some of these new rules, I think you start to get back to some of these, some of the excitement that we got to see earlier on in, in years of baseball when you talk about extreme base stealers, um, when you talk about pace of play, moving a little bit faster, keeping people's attention in the game, I think all those things are important to keep pushing our game forward. But um, just like everybody else, I'm, I'm getting it going now, spring training time. I'm assuming that you and I are in agreement about the uh, the extra inning rule being good. Like they, are, they, are you as excited as I am that they adopted it full-time now? Like I, I think it's the best thing that baseball has done in, in a long time. I love love the runner on second base in the extra innings. Yeah, I, I just like the idea that the game, um, you know, doesn't have to extend too long and we're putting, you know, pitchers at, at, at risk for, you know, longer innings than they normally go. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, your bullpen is taxed moving forward. Um, I, I, our game it just needs to continue that action. I think that helps you know, supplement that at the end of the game. Um, and it, it's, it's ultimately good for the players too, because, uh, you know, they're not looking at extremely long games. I think fans will get used to that. It'll be something that, you know, will all of a sudden we'll start to just, you know, feel right. Um, you know, and so I'm, I'm excited for some of these changes. And the brand of baseball is entertaining in the extra innings. Unlike when we would sit around and watch yeah. guys swing out of their shoes trying to hit a home run for six innings. This is an exciting brand of baseball. It's a good thing. Uh, at Xavier underscore Scruggs on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Give him a follow there. Xavier, always enjoy our conversations, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me. Take it easy. Xavier Scruggs with us, MLB Network, MLB Network Radio, ESPN, all the various places that you can find him. Appreciate him taking the time. Look, I, again, I, I, I get it. I get the skepticism. How honest is John Angelo's being? Is he being too honest? When some of the, I know, a lot of the headlines, a lot of the Twitter fodder this weekend was about, you know, him clumsily describing the impact of the pandemic on the Orioles. Didn't go well. I know what he was trying to say. I understand it. 
Like if you if you listen to everything he said, there is a point in there where he says, "Look, if if we had been spending money and amped up for that to be our year, and then to have lost all of that revenue, it it would it might have killed us." And I understand what he's saying that because the Orioles had a lower payroll and because they they weren't attending to contend at that point, they were less you know, from a business standpoint, impacted than other teams were by the fact that there was no revenue that year, or far lesser revenue that year. I I do understand what he was intending to say, but when it comes off like you're celebrating the pandemic, it I I remember who was it um. Uh, one of the one of the folks on MSNBC when Barack Obama was running for re-election, so this would have been 2012. There was uh, Hurricane Sandy in New Jersey, and I swear to God, the night of the election, it might have been Chris Matthews said the words, "Thank God for that storm," and it was just so tone deaf and stupid and insane. And what he was saying was, like the most recent thing that happened that was significant provided an opportunity for the guy that he liked to look more presidential and perhaps won over people that were on the fence in the final days of the election. But what he said was, thank God for that storm. You know, the hurricane that killed people and caused significant damage to New Jersey. You idiot. You can't say that. Even if we know what you were saying. John Angelos, quite clumsily, made it seem like the pandemic was a good thing. Of course we know it was not a good thing. Hot take. I hate it when sports guys always offer these hot takes. No. There's nothing good about a pandemic. I get the point he was attempting to make. It was quite quite clumsy. Saying a year ago that the Orioles overachieved and outperformed, you don't want to hear that. You want to say, okay, well, here you are now. Go spend the money. Let's go. But, again, I, I get it. From a business standpoint, they would like to have some answers on some of their own guys and they weren't planning on this year being the year they were supposed to ramp up. Uh, it's not as much a defense of John Angelos as it is a a willingness to understand instead of bite at headlines or tweets and talk through it. I think the Tampa thing is far more interesting than those comments are. Because again, it's transition. I thought you were trying to be the next Houston. I thought that's what I was sold on the entire time, was you're going to be the next Houston. So to go from my belief that you're supposed to be the next Houston to John Angelo saying, well, we're the next Tampa, well, that's a little bit different. Could be a good thing. Again, if you can stay in contention, I would argue it's a very good thing. But for building romantic feelings about baseball players, I don't know. I think we would rather be the next Houston trying to maximize to win a World Series versus 
maximizing how to get the most out of the least payroll. I know this guy is all on board with the next Tampa because he's already got a shirt available to celebrate being the next Tampa. Joining us now, you've uh, you've heard this morning, we got a new partner, and I say it's a new partner, but this man's been a partner of ours since we literally launched this thing all the way back in 2014. I don't know that anyone's made nearly as much of an impact in helping us out when we had questions, and um, he's just a good, he's one of the best people I know, and you, of course, know him from Section 336, and now you know him from Birdland Sports. Joining us here on GCR is my buddy Josh Sroka. Josh, good morning, my friend. How you doing, man? Hey, good morning. I would not say I'm celebrating the next Tampa, but it seemed like a phrase that we have to run with this year. Yeah, I mean, I, they're embracing. And again, I'm in this weird place, Josh, right? Like Because I get that there are positive connotations from the idea of trying to be like Tampa, right? Like They, they do a lot of winning yeah. in Tampa. Like I understand that, but I just uniquely uh, here feel like part of the problem. I know part of the problem in Tampa is the stadium is nowhere near Tampa, right? Like, and it's and it's a it is a it's right. cr- it's crap. It's awful. It's the worst. I mean, like you're down in Florida, you know what the problems are down there. But I do think that one of the problems in building up a fan base and getting people to fall in love is this. Well, we don't know how long these players are going to be around. Like, we, I I think that hurts you in trying to get your fan base involved. If somebody hears that and says, well, does that mean that you're going to trade Adley Rutschman in four years because you want to maximize his value? Totally. I, I go to Tampa every year. I try to imagine what Tropicana was like when, when it was full. I can't picture it in my head because it's such a dump of a stadium. So that's the first <laughs> negative connotation of Tampa Right. is the stadium. But you're right. The big thing is they've never won a World Series. Mm-hmm. They've been there, and I'd love to be there. I haven't, haven't been there. I'd love to see that World Series, but I want to win. Yep. And saying you're in the next Tampa, Tampa never takes that next stride to get, all right, we've been to the World Series, next year we're winning it. Right. It's always, we've been to the World Series, those guys go and be stars in other towns, Yep. and then in five years, we'll make the push again. It's, it's a, I don't it, want that. It's a I, great it's comparison. A you get to the World Series, the thought would be, now you spend more money next year to add pieces to what you did in order to get over the hump and win a World Series, when to your point, typically it's been the opposite. You get to the World Series, and then, well, we, got, we can't deviate from the plan. The plan has always been, as soon as we think this person's reached their maximum value, they got to go. Yeah, and, and that's where... You, you sold the fan base on we'll be the next Houston and trust the process. We're going through that. And I still trust Michael Elias. I have a lot of questions about ownership now because it is, it's being ran as a business, and I understand that. But I would love to have an owner like the Mets where he's, well, they're like, I want to win. Jesus, what, what I wouldn't, even, what even, I wouldn't even give. Even Dan Snyder wants to win in Washington and tries to invest. Yeah. And here we've got a guy. I mean, he's got his other issues. <laughs> but as far as. Peter, Peter Angelos, I felt like, always did at least want to win the World Series. He invested money. John Angelos, I, I have more concerns than I thought I had now as he is stepping up and outspoken more. I don't, I don't think there was anything in his 35 minutes that everyone's praising for him being so open. I don't think there was anything good in it. Yeah, I think I, it made me more concerned. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I, I guess again, if you're a Brandon Hyde fan, if you're a believer in Brandon Hyde, you're excited that like he's showing a, a commitment to Brandon Hyde, no. saying you know his contract. No, I'm not. not. Okay, tell me there why. Is no, there is no, because there is no commitment. Okay, he wouldn't say how many years Michael Elias and Brandon Hyde are here. He's saying they're committed to the long term. That doesn't mean anything. 
You got to put solid numbers down. Okay. Like right. that's like saying we're trying to win, but then you don't spend money. I, look, man, I hear you. That that part is the part. And when he says, "Well, I'm not going to predict the payroll," I just keep coming back to, "Well, then who is? Like, who is? Right? You're the guy, man. <laughs> like, there's not another person we can talk to. You're the one. No, no. It's and I, I guess we're still waiting to open the books, and then maybe we'll find out a little uh, bit more. But maybe we'll. Find I don't. Out. I think that's going to make things look even worse. Well, all right. In the meantime, Josh, they're going to play baseball, yeah. and there is reason to be excited about the Orioles. It, at least yeah. the micro, ain't like no, it is. There's, there's a lot of players to be excited. No for. question about that. I saw something really cool. So I, I want to ask you because I, you know, I, I'm fascinated by the transition. I don't want to say transition, but this this new venture um, that you've gone yeah. into uh, making T-shirts. But I saw this weekend the tweet that you shared of um, Felix Batista wearing the Mountain T-shirt from you guys. I know you've been a Orioles fan your entire life, and you know, you've had the opportunity to talk to guys and you've had the opportunity with the podcast to get to know guys. But how cool of a feeling was that for you that Felix Batista was putting over something that you had created? You know, that was really, I'll tell you, that was really cool. So, Birdman Sports has started as this t shirt company because I couldn't find any Orioles shirts I liked. They all look the same, they're all, all the official shirts look the same. And I always thought, well, maybe it's because I'm down here in Florida and They've got to have some cool stuff up at the store, uh, and they didn't on the internet, and so I just couldn't find shirts that I wanted to wear. So I started to make my own. And what was cool was, yeah, I decided we had some players on uh, Section 336 during the offseason, and I decided, you know, what, I'm sending some guys some shirts down to Sarasota. It'll be like a welcome package when they get there. So I took the guys we had on the show, sent them down, sent a few others, and then Batista sent that that picture wearing it. And as a fan. It was like my Section Three Thirty Six. We've been doing for ten years because we're lifelong Oriole fans. Yeah. So yeah, that's really exciting to see. And I think it was Urias in the background. It looked like yeah, maybe. And it's cool to see that. Then I'll tell you here's here's something that else was cool. Is on Friday or Saturday, I get a I get a text message from some guys that work in the clubhouse down in Sarasota because they saw some of the players open up the shirts. They got so excited, and their message was exactly why I started the business. They said, this, these shirts excite us way more than anything that the Orioles officially have. Ah, that's cool, man. So that, that was a cool like kind of add-on of, yeah, I've got something here. And unfortunately, I decided to start this company in like the end of August, September last year. So it was kind of at the very end of the season. And then this is the season where I'm like, I'm just going to push it hard and see how it does. That's awesome, man. I Dude, that's so cool because uh, I do. I know deeply how much you care about the Orioles. And that's a to, – to, to, to get that type of feedback, man, that is – that's fantastic. Birdland Sports um, is the – Josh Taroka is with us. You guys know Josh from Section 336, and he has launched Birdland Sports. Birdlandsports.com is the website. And the shirts that are available are awesome and it includes he does have a next tampa shirt already up and available right now but um between the different player shirts the concept shirts the various bird shirts um is it as simple as you have an idea and then you just immediately because i know the way that you operate like you you get an idea and within five minutes you got a shirt available yeah i mean yeah kind of a little a little delayed because i'm not a great artist so (laughs) about half the shirts i've created myself and then I've got a collection of some artists that I use where I, I'll draw something on a piece of paper, send it to them, explain what's going on, and then they come out with it. Like, I can't draw these pictures of the players. That, so 
the guy that does that's amazing. And I, I send them exactly what I want. We did some caricatures last year based on the um, nicknames that they were given during the little league. Oh, that's uh, cool. That's cool. So we did some cool stuff like that to do some different stuff. And um, so this guy is really good. I explain exactly what I want and it comes out and then I tweak it a little bit and make it for the, the, the shirt. So it takes a few days and some stuff is like the next Tampa. I really hope that shirt doesn't sell well. I don't want to go to Camden Yards and see a bunch of next Tampa shirts. <laughs> but I feel like someone had to put it out there. Yeah, capitalize on, on the so, moment. Right, exactly right. Right, and, so that's not one I, I'll, I'll tell you, I didn't invest much in that. That one I made in about 30 minutes. Right. got it up there. I get it. It's, because, a, it's pretty simplistic. It's, it's I can a, see that. <laughs> it's simplistic. It's, it's a little depressing of a shirt, but I promise you everything else up there is really good and exciting. And uh, it's like half my wardrobe now. Some of the uh, some of the, the really cool ones that I saw. There's a, a play on, of course, uh, Omar Common. We know that the, the Orioles started using the whistle, and it's one of the awesome things they did all year last year. Uh, but there's a play on that with the bird. It's the birds are coming. There's a Maverick style Gunnar Henderson shirt that's pretty great. Where did Hillbilly Hayes come from? That's one of the little league nick- nicknames. Okay, all when right. they did the player introduced, they introduced Austin as uh, Hillbilly Hayes. So I threw that one together. That was one of the first ones in the last season, and his family came out, and I think I sold 100 copies of that shirt to oh, his that's family. Cool. That's so, so cool. That's so awesome. It's stuff like that that's, that's been exciting to see that it's not just me that likes these shirts, that other people are getting behind So, it. Josh, I will tell you, I am team, and I, I know that you were sending some stuff up for us. I don't know if you included it or not. I absolutely am on team. Thank God I'm a country boy. Like It infuriates me to no end when I hear someone say, Oh, this is stupid. The Orioles should change the song in the seventh inning. No, they shouldn't. They should never. There should never be a day where they don't play it. It's awesome. Everybody gets up. Everybody claps. It does exactly what you want it to do. It's a perfect song. I'm team. Thank God I'm a country boy. So I truly love the Oriole bird. Thank God I'm a country bird shirt. That's perfect for me, my friend. I and you know it's something that they celebrated back in the '70s that they should be celebrating now constantly. I'm right there with you. There's. The people who don't like it do not know the history and Correct. do not. Yeah, they they I'm don't. They've the never seen like the day that playing they, all the time. Right, John Denver was standing on top of the dugout doing it. Like it is a right. part of what made this place special. And and to your point, like Josh, there's there's nine other innings to play plenty of songs at the stadium, right? Like I think our guy Woody does a great job handling the music during the course of the game. During the seventh inning, it's part of Orioles lore. It means something. When my dad and I, my, my father is still with us, when we go to a game, he still stands up. It still means something to him. I appreciate that part of a baseball game, and I oh, I want to punch somebody every time. No, it's Stan's one of them, too. And drives them not to play Sweet Caroline. It's the same thing. Right. Correct. Like It's our thing. It's something special and unique that when other people come to town, they're like, what's this all about? It's cool. It's cool. I dig it. I love that. Yep. Um, so right now, I want everybody to check out BirdlandSports.com and and check out all these amazing shirts. Plus, uh, we're going to be giving away shirts ourselves here on GCR, like with Would You Rather Wednesday. We're going to be giving away some uh, cool gear from Birdland Sports, so I'm excited about that. But as you get ready for opening day and try to figure out what it is that you want to wear for that first week of the season, I would encourage you right now to check out BirdlandSports.com. Uh, because I'm assuming that you'll be able to get things shipped in time that people would have them for opening day, right? It's... Yeah, I, uh, that's one thing I worked on this off season is I pounded my my shipping and menu and uh, production, so it's down to like ten days. Awesome. From the time you order to the time you get it. Awesome. So, so I know I know there's people who've ordered it be- to try to get the shirts before their uh, 
spring training starts what Saturday? I think it's the first first game. game yeah, and and it looks like we're hitting those dates. That's awesome, man. Uh, again, BirdlandSports.com is the website. I can't I can't say enough. This is such a cool thing, and and you guys are still like the the section three thirty six is still part of this. I know that you have. You have yep. been a bit of a podcast uh, a maven in recent years. You're still planning on doing everything the same way, correct? Yeah. No, Session 336 isn't going anywhere. In awesome. fact, we're starting to do little short daily shows just now that the season's here and things are getting exciting. Something we did back in the day when the Orioles were, were, fun, again, were fun again. Hey, man. So, uh, yeah, we're all in on that. I love that. Uh, dude, I'm so excited. I uh, I, I love that – I really – I. It tickled me uh, when I saw that thing from Felix Bautista because I just know how much you care, and it's a really cool thing uh, to have someone, especially someone like him, right, who's, who's pretty freaking good, um, yeah. say, dude, I appreciate this. Like, that is a really yep. cool feeling, man. I'm so happy for you. Uh, at Josh Sroka on Twitter, and Birdland Sports has a Twitter account as well, specifically, correct? It does. Yep, at Birdland Sports. At Birdland Sports as well. And again, birdlandsports.com to find out more. Uh, appreciate you, my friend. Uh, so happy to partner up with you again. Uh, love doing this, man. Congratulations. Let's talk again real soon, all right? All right, thank you. Josh Sroka with us here on GCR. Again, get to birdlandsports.com in the next couple of weeks. Um, I am telling you, we will be doing more and more with uh, giveaways. I am really excited about this and appreciate Josh who I, I'm trying to tell you is one of the nicest humans that I've ever come across. And really, like, I don't say it enough. When I was trying to figure out all of this, like, he was a, a resource beyond what I could possibly explain for, hey, let me tell you about technology. Let me tell you about how you can do this, getting away from radio and still try to make it quality and still try to make it something that people would want to um, to listen to. And, you know, he built uh, straight shoot. He built our video capacity, Josh Roca did, from essentially the goodness of his heart. Like, you know, that, I'm not saying we didn't give him anything like it, we did, but it, I know what it costs to get Josh to go do something. Like, we got the most significant discount that you could ever possibly imagine. From essentially the goodness of his heart, he took care of all this. And um, he's a great dude. He's a great dude. I've gone to games with him. He's just a really, really good guy, and I'm very happy for him. So check out birdlandsports.com. Very, very cool. All right, when we come back in, we will get a tidbit, and we will get tubular wind things down for a Monday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit and stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution, and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports. Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. 
Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. There's something for everyone this February at Laurel Park. Come watch live horse racing every Friday through Sunday and join us on Saturday, February 18th for the Winter Stakes Spectacular featuring six stakes races and $900,000 in purses, including the General George and Barbara Fritchie Stakes. The fun doesn't stop there. Stick around for our Winter Mardi Gras celebration with live music, delicious food and drinks, and a carnival atmosphere. Plus, don't miss out on President's Day holiday racing on Monday, February 20th. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. That's laurelpark.com for more. See you at the track. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at Pressbox Sports. Stan the fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, winding down for a Monday edition of the program. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring, and they have a hiring event coming up this Saturday here in Towson. If you've been thinking about a career change, you know someone who is struggling to maybe launch out of high school, young person, I would maybe just wander over because on Saturday not only can they take the written test, but they can also take the agility test, which, as you know, I set all of the records for. I am the greatest agility Agiliter, is that what it is? You're the most agile. No, I think greatest agiliter, uh, Griffin, is the uh, correct form of that. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. (laughs) We're going to make sure we, uh, in fact, get that trademark. Go ahead and get that done. The greatest agiliter? Greatest agiliter. All right, I don't think I should have any trouble. Uh, But you can also go through the entire application process right there on site. And it's a community event. Even if you're not thinking about a career change, even if you don't think that joining the, the police force is right for you, I would encourage you to maybe come out anyway because as we talk about the relationship between the police and the community, I know it's been something that's been discussed at length in recent years. This is a great opportunity. It's a celebration of Black History Month. There's going to be speakers. It's just an awesome event this Saturday at the Public Safety Building, 700 East Joppa Road in Towson, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And great opportunities in the Baltimore County Police Department. Cadet salary started over $32,000 a year. Entry-level officers at over 60,000, lateral officers 64,000, and plenty of promotional opportunities, signing bonuses for entry-level and lateral officers of $10,000. If you want to find out more, join BaltimoreCountyPD.com is the website, or call 410-887-5542.
Um, I try to feel like if there's something else. Oh, John Proctor actually made a funny earlier. He said uh, they they haven't always played. It was remember when Ken was talking about them playing on the field uh, where Memorial Stadium used to be, and I said, "Hey, you guys always played there." John Proctor said, "Well, they haven't always played there. Formerly, there was a ballpark in that spot." So, that's, that's thank true. you, Proctor. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Uh, some folks, we've, we've gotten a little bit of feedback to the uh, Ken Zalis picture, including our friend Kadri Ismail, who suggested that it, it has burned his eyes. Seems that is what Ken said. Yeah, but he, what do you mean? Oh, he did. Yeah, he suggested your retinas would burn. Right, that your retinas would burn. Yeah, Kadri Ismail suggests in meme form that that is exactly the case when it comes to Ken's picture, which again will be up. And you pinned it, right? Uh, I actually I didn't. Oh, I'll make sure. What are you doing over sure. there? Thought, what are you doing? I, I it's know, pinned. I thought you were looking for twenty four hours. Pinned. It's your Twitter account. I, it's the yes, but it's also the show Twitter account. It's both things. It serves both functions. It needs to be pinned for twenty four hours, and then we'll take it down tomorrow. We said it. Uh, uh, you, yeah, you pinned, it. you pinned it. Did I pin it? Yeah. Right. Look at me over yeah, here. Yeah. Look at me over here saving the day, professional. Because I believed in you. Sure, that's what it was. I'm sure that's the case. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today by the print issue of PressBox, which is available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. So read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Gunnar Henderson is on the cover. Again, go get it right now, wherever you find PressBox in the community. All right, so I know that uh, you know you didn't want to talk about it, but I mean the NBA NBA All-Star festivities were this weekend. If there was something to talk about, I would talk about it. There's nothing to talk about. Well, what, what about you DK talk about? Metcalf in the Liberty All-Star game? What about him? Getting that block and then throwing it down. Okay. And then getting drug tested afterwards. Yes, by the NFL. I saw and that on Twitter. Did you see the video that of when he jumped like 10 feet in the air? Like the the... The Twitter video? Yeah, the, the Twitter video. That's You know that's not real, right? I don't know. Like you under, sure? You're not actually trying to suggest that that's... Come on, dog. That was impressive. Yes, because it was doctored. How? It was really, really well done. Oh, for God's sakes. Uh, Mac McClung did win the slam dunk contest. Yes, he did. Much to Glenn's, uh, you know. Why? Why? I don't care either way. This is, I'm not angry about it. It sounds like you're angry. Why would I be angry about it? <laughs> His two games played are the fewest ever. His dunks ever. were cool. I can watch them on Twitter afterwards, and I did. His two games played in the NBA are the fewest ever by a player to win the dunk, cost, dunk contest. Yes, I was talking about that this morning on the show. Th- this point. They absolutely, because they're not going to get the real players to participate in the thing again. They should just let YouTube guys get Maybe, involved. Maybe well, Zion teased playing next year. I mean, Zion's not going to be. Everyone bad. wants John Morant to stop playing. John, John Morant said he's not going to do it. Anthony Edwards said he's not going to do it. Zion's going to be hurt. What are you? Who are you kidding? There's Zion no world in the Zion. No, he's not. It's over for the real players being a part of the dunk contest. It's They're lucky they were able to get the real players to go to Utah for the All-Star game. This was definitely the year where I thought the players were going to be like, yo, yo, dog. I'm good. Like, no thanks. It's fine. So open it up. Uh, not just for fringe players. Open it up to somebody who can do amazing dunks on YouTube and let them come in and be a part of the thing. Create a spectacle out of it. Create something where that's what nobody gives a rat's ass about Mac McClung except for the six people that care about Mac McClung. Sixers right? fans. Nobody. The Sixers fans didn't even know he played for them. Stop. No, they, they, A billion Sixers fans were like, He's with us now? What are you? Is he? Like, stop. Sixers fans don't care about it. There's a handful of people around D.C. and Northern Virginia that care because he's from there and he went to Georgetown. And there's a handful of people from Texas Tech that care because he went to Texas Tech. But it's a handful. Stop. Like, nobody cares about Matt McClung, but we all were willing to watch because it was a spectacle. He was doing amazing things. So stop trying to make it just players. Go get dudes who have incredible YouTube dunks 
that aren't NBA players, invite them in and just make it a full-on spectacle. Do amazing things. Let somebody focus on nothing but the dunk contest for like a week leading up to it, whereas these other these guys have to play basketball. They don't just get to focus on dunking. Let somebody spend the next six months preparing the most amazing spectacle of slam dunks that you ever possibly see and let him be in the dunk contest. Ah, there you go. You solved it. Thank you. Nothing's going to solve it. But. Um, so he joined Spud Webb as the only other player six foot two or shorter to get 350s on a Spud on a Webb contest. was 5'8". I mean, he was even he, yeah. even shorter. Yeah, so it was, like, significantly really stretching, shorter. Really stretching this to put yeah. Pat McClung in it. Um, well, so, Nate Robinson did a dunk contest once. Did he win it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't think so. At least okay. he, did, he didn't have three separate 50 Oh, well, I dunks, mean, I've, I'm, I'm not – I just – I'm pretty sure he won it – or he, play, he at least – I don't. Maybe he didn't win. Maybe he didn't win. He might not have won. I. I seriously, I have no idea. Dunk contest. Um, Nate Robinson. He did a few. In I know. Fact. He did a few slam dunk contests. I oh, in 2006. It looks. Did like, he win? At least that's what it says. It's, what is it? YouTube videos. Yeah, it looks like he won twice. I mean, 2009 he won. It's totally possible he didn't get the specific scores that you're talking about. Right. But yeah. He was definitely a shorter dude that. Was pretty damn good at dunking. Bring Nate Robinson back to do it. Yeah, he won. Right, so he won in three of them. In fact, he won in 06, 06 09, 09, and ten. Wow. Yes. Uh, so Matt McClung, he played two games. Those are the fewest ever by someone to win the dunk contest. The previous player to have played the fewest games, NBA games, before winning the dunk contest. Can you name who it no. is? No. Bet you could. Michael Jordan. Not Michael Jordan. I mean, you bet I could. Nate Robinson. Not Nate Robinson. Spud Webb. Not Spud Webb. I mean, how the hell am I supposed to know? This guy played his rookie year. It was 96 and 97. Played 39 games before winning the dunk contest. Kobe? Kobe Bryant. Yes, Kobe Bryant. So, Matt McClung now holds that record over Kobe Bryant. God bless. Um, And then also, Jason Tatum, of course, went off, as Jeremy Kahn was saying. Uh, He had the most. 55 He set the record, yes. Most points scored in an all-star game. Uh, And he becomes the seventh player to score 40 or more in an all-star game. No chance. Do you think you can name the other six? I'll just guess good players. I don't remember anything about it. Kobe Bryant. Uh, no, not Kobe okay, Bryant. Okay, it's unlike him. Um, uh, Michael Jordan. LeBron James. Yes, Michael Jordan. LeBron James. Um, oh shoot, I lost it. I, I had oh, my great. page up. Uh, no, not LeBron. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Steph Curry. Uh, yes, Steph Curry. Did He scored 50 last year. James Harden. Um, no, not James Harden. Russell Westbrook. Yes, Russell Westbrook did it twice. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Yes, Wilt Chamberlain. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Not Kareem. Shaquille O'Neal. Not Shaquille O'Neal. Dirk. Not Dirk. Dr. J. Not Dr. J. Allen Iverson. Kevin Garnett. Not Kevin Garnett. Dwayne Wade. How did I lose my page? You don't even know? I, I do remember because I looked at them, but I, I I don't know why how I lost the... Oh, for F's sake. What are we even doing here? All right, here we go. I have it. Kawhi. No, have it. Not Kawhi. Hakeem Olajuwon. Not Hakeem Vince Olajuwon. Carter. Tracy McGrady. Not Tracy McGrady. There's... What do you have? Dominique Wilkins. Not Dominique Wilkins. There's two more. Two more, right? How am I supposed to know? The guy, the guy who previously had the record of 52 points. He said it in 2017. Twenty-seven two is a, a recent player. Yeah. They're both um, these last two guys are both active. Clay Thompson, not Clay Thompson. Damian Lillard, not Damian Lillard. Um, 
Paul George. Paul George is all, he's not the one that I'm thinking of, but yeah, Paul George in 2016 dropped 41 in the All Star game for the for the East mm. on Valentine's Day in 2016. Who cares? This guy uh, previously had the record, 52 points. Joel Embiid. Not Joel Embiid. It is a big man. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, 52 points in the All-Star game. Cool. I mean, what am I supposed to have an opinion about this? I I, I mean, I guess so. Okay. It's like right, Stop. I can't. Tidbit was also brought to you today. All-Star game. No, bitty. By your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Tubular is brought to you by pressboxonline.com slash offers. You can bet on college lacrosse. Did you know that? Sign up right now. $5 bet with DraftKings. Get $200 in free bets, but you got to use the link at pressboxonline.com slash offers. Bet on college lacrosse. Right now, pressboxonline.com slash offers. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. Morgan State is at home. They host Howard at 7.30. Coppins at Norfolk State at 7.30 on HBCU League Pass Plus. Uh, Big Ten Hoops, Minnesota, Illinois at 9 on Big Ten Network. Minnesota's playing tonight and then turning around two nights later and playing at Maryland. Let's go. Bet the farm. (laughs) They stink already. Bet the farm. That seems not ideal. The rest of the college basketball, you can oh, find they had, it. They had that COVID thing a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's it was why. a makeup yeah, game, yeah. yeah. Unfortunate for them. Uh, of course, the NBA is off until, I think, Thursday. So NHL tonight, NHL Network, Ducks Pan. Oh, no, it's not tonight. It's at 1 o'clock because it's President's Day. So they're playing a matinee this Daytime afternoon. Daytime hockey? Daytime hockey. You want to get a bet in on something, you can do it on Ducks Panthers right now at 1 o'clock. The USA Network for WWE Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. As you know, of course, all of the fallout from the Elimination Chamber as uh, Roman Reigns was able to defend his title against Sami Zayn. I knew, I knew. I, I mean, knew, you yeah. knew that. Who am I kidding? Well, I was going to doubt Roman Reigns. We'll start uh, moving towards out. What ne- WrestleMania is next. That's the big deal. So okay. find out tonight on WWE Raw. Non-sports. Uh, really none. Stephen Colbert has Bernie Sanders on, and he's the only late show that's on. Bernie Sanders inspired an awkward segment on the show yesterday. Okay. Apparently Bernie Sanders raged against the idea of Valentine's Day being in the middle of the week, <laughs> which... He's got a great point. He's right. Whatever, when has Bernie been wrong? Whatever really? you think. Of, well, all right. I'm not. We don't do politics here. Whatever you think about Bernie Sanders, he's dead on about this. <laughs> there is no reason why it has to stay on the same date every year. There is nothing significant date-wise. This isn't like allegedly, a, you know, a Christ being born on a certain date, which I don't even think he was. But whatever, you know, even if you believe in that, right? Like this is even that. It's just an arbitrary date that was picked to be the date for Valentine's Day. There's no reason why Valentine's Day couldn't just be... 14 is obviously the most romantic number. No, it's not. There's no reason why it couldn't just be the second Saturday of February, which would make a lot more sense for you to plan around going out on the second Saturday of February than it would be to go out arbitrarily on the 14th. Bernie Sanders is right about that, but I brought it up yesterday on the show, and Rita said... Oh, man, there's great audio of this. I should have pulled it. Rita said... Um, oh, you know what? I actually do have it, I think. All right. Oh, it's too late. I got a meeting at 1230 across oh. the street. Um, it's just across the street. It's fine. Okay. But uh, Rita was like, well, what about people who are born on February 14th? And I was like... Oh, I did hear this story. I was like, <laughs> I was like, what What do they get from that? Like, it's not like they get something <laughs> free out of it. She's like, my uncle was born on the 14th. I'm like, so what? She's, she's like, what, does he love being born on, on Valentine's Day? And she said, well, he's, he's not with us any longer. Way to go, Glenn. Son of a bitch. I am an a-hole. 
God. So thanks a lot, Bernie Sanders. I blame you for that. No, no don't blame Bernie. No, me. it's his fault. Uh, Peyton's doing that history's greatest thing on the History Channel. He's doing sure. the top ten candies. Ah, great. On the History Channel. Can't topic. wait. Can't miss that. Anything else? The Bachelor's on. That's it. Well, yeah. people do like that. Yeah. I hate I hate it, but people do like that. All right. Uh, uh, totally Tubular also brought to you, uh, or a reminder that gambling can be fun, but you should set a limit. Stay within it. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Thanks today to Xavier Scruggs. Thanks to Jeremy Kahn. Thanks to Josh Sroka. Thanks to Ken Zalis. And thanks as well to Chris Naki. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow on the program, I'm really excited. Brandon... I say excited. It's, it's going to be heavy. Like, be prepared for that. This is going to be a heavy conversation. Brandon Novak is joining us. Is he doing, like, the first hour, or do we know what the plan yeah, is? I mean, he just wanted to hang out, so... Okay. I, I can make sure that... Well, I mean, you know, we'll figure that out ahead of time. Like, whatever you can do. I, mean, yeah. I don't think we're going to do all two hours just because it's probably too much mm-hmm. for... But, at, at you know, if he's up for it, we'll do the first hour. We'll see where it goes. Um, Brandon Novak of Jackass and Viva La Bam fame uh, is from Baltimore, and he has written extensively. It's now his second book about his addiction problems, and this book is called Street, The Streets of Baltimore... I finished it over the weekend. It is, wow. Um, it is raw. It is real. It is. It leaves nothing about his battles with uh, heroin addiction in his life. And um, I know, like a lot of other people, I have lost someone very close to me uh, to a battle with addiction, and this story resonated with me significantly. Um, and a lot of parallels between my friend and... What Brandon Novak talked about. Brandon Novak has come out on the other side. Um, has gotten clean. I have seen him speak. It is very powerful. I read this book. It's very powerful. And Brandon Novak, who was once... Somebody said, what does that do with sports? Well, he was actually once a pro skateboarder, so there is a sports connection. And also, it's a local story. And I want to talk about it, frankly. And that's the nice thing about it being called Glenn Clark Radio is I get to do things like that. So um, it's going to be very different tomorrow, but we're going to spend time with Brandon Novak talking about his story. We'll... Get Patrick Stevens on. We'll talk some terms with him. We'll do some other stuff. But looking forward to having Brandon Novak stop by the studio. All right. Thanks, everybody at PressBox. All of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Royal Farms, the Costas Inn, Maryland Jockey Club, Great Eights Memorabilia, Birdland Sports, Maryland Vascular Specialists, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday evening. Go Morgan. Go Coppin. Duke sucks.